0: Wrestling keeps us alive.
1: of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show in which, if you're a new listener, me and my co-host Christopher Brother Ray Patton break down the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news and provide you with reviews over shows from previous weekends and uh, you know preview some of the shows coming up. So uh, this is a big one. We're going to be going over the two past um, pay-per-views these last two weeks. Uh, AEW had one, obviously, and then... There's a little one called Survivor Series that nothing at all in the news uh, happened. So we'll, uh, we'll dig into that and we'll, uh, you know, talk about some other stuff. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys are having a good time. Um, definitely digging some wrestling um, as of lately. But uh, Chris, how have you been, man? Been doing good, man. Had a had a pretty good Thanksgiving.
0: It was low-key. We only had to go to one family function, so wasn't as much driving as normal. Um, so that was cool. How about you, man? How you been? What have you been up to?
1: Oh, just enjoying. Um, well, it was actually, no brag, but it was my birthday um, on the 30th. Uh, and um, went and had a couple uh Beverages and, and some food with the uh, the boss and um, went out with my brother that night and got some burritos at a Peruvian restaurant uh, here in Sugar Hill. So, you know, that's so unlike how it used to be when, when I had birthdays, but I, I'm two years from 40, <sighs> Chris, so, you know, be- <laughs> between that and Thanksgiving, I was uh, definitely eating and and uh all that other stuff I've been enjoying the holidays so far, basically, since Halloween and before
0: well, well, happy belated birthday, sir. I would sing a happy birthday to you, but i I'm, I'm, is that in free use now, or that definitely will get us copyright right
1: <laughs> oh i have I, I don't know, but um you know if uh if you do decide to do that can you can you like um make sure it's like really, really like heavy breathing, kind of sexy, like you know?
0: <laughs> uh, I'll call Tony Storm and get her to do it. That's her gimmick. I don't want to
1: infringe on her gimmick. <laughs> That's a very good point. And somehow being gray half the time. I don't know how she does that. Her complexion in the photos, even. Um, but yeah, we have a we have a good show. Uh, Chris, I'll, I'll just I'll admit it. It, it was a couple of weeks ago, like you you know alluded to before we went on air. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about AEW. But I can't remember what the fuck the uh, pay-per-view was. for the life of me? Fuck it. Was it Full Gear? No. Full Gear. One of the ones. I, I
0: I don't know, man. They they thrown me off because they've added what they they did
1: nine this year in total. Yeah, I. Aren't they, they did more this year than WWE did? Because WWE's not having one in December.
0: Uh, yeah, and I guess technically count the count the Saudi shows, right? Or do those count? I don't know.
1: Okay, so I found it. It was full gear, so good job. I mean, it looks very professional in there. At least you had the answers, because I just realized, oh, shit, we're going to talk about this, and I don't remember what the fuck it was called. <laughs> um, we remember
0: what happened on it. That's all that really fucking matters, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean... This thing we're going to have to talk about mainly the match now that I'm gathering this whole entire pay-per-view and remembering it, man, two matches in general really impressed me, but I think one stole the show and it wasn't the main event, which is the other match that really impressed me. Um, depending on how how brutal you like to go, uh, this pay-per-view to me, Chris, was the fucking bloodbath between Swerve Strickland and Hangman Page.
0: I have to agree with you, and it's also one of those weird things where it's not really my cup of tea anymore, um, these hardcore matches. And, well, I guess this was technically a Texas death match for for what it's worth, but uh, these no-rules, let's beat this shit and out of each other and bleed all over the place. Uh, but I will say they did a good job of actually setting up a reason that you would want that match to happen. Uh, the only caveat to that is they've kind of followed it up a little bit with a wet fart i guess and they did kind of a fuck finish at the end so it's uh that would be the only downside but the match itself was pretty insane for a top american wrestling company it seemed more like something you would see in gcw than uh AEW. even though AEW's had some crazy hardcore matches this one was uh a different level of brutality,
1: yeah. I mean, like you just said, a different level of brutality, stapling fucking shit to people's face and arms, and the level of of uh, I don't know. I mean, obviously the the cinder block wasn't real. They kind of, you know, that's 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 a gimmicked cinder block. Still, it's like, That piece, that guy's head getting drilled into that. It was spotty, but I will say, I mean, it was about one guy that wants to murder this other dude for fucking with him and his family. And the other guy, it's more about the fact that the the crazy thing about Swerve is, I'll say this, and I, I really, I've been a big fan of Swerve since his brutal match with AR Fox on fucking Lucha Underground when he was kill shot. So I've watched him go through Evolve and MLW, um, NXT, and now in AEW, beefed up a little bit. So I've been enjoying his journey. It's just crazy because, you know, he had his conversation with Chris Von Bleet, Um, and I showed you that image from it, that quote that he said that he's basing this a lot on Heath Ledger's Joker, which we hear a lot, but specifically Wesley Snipes' character in Demolition Man and, and also his character in uh, New Jack City. And I mean, that was, I think the era when Snipes was on top and definitely played that kind of lunatic gangster uh, monster, if you will, really well. So um, this, was, this was a fucking, it was, it was a match. It wasn't, it wasn't like your standard wrestling match. You definitely got that in the main event, which is why that one stood out to me as well, because it was really well done. But this match just, it had a lot of feeling to it. But at the same time, Adam Page did not win, Chris.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of what was weird is that in like midway through the match, Swerve kind of has the staple spot that you're talking about where Hangman is kind of being very heelish, which is kind of deserved, you know, because this man did break into his house and torment his fucking family. He starts stapling the guy's head. Swerve takes the staple gun, and starts stapling himself, gets a huge crowd reaction, and then you see, like, the crowd in the building almost shift, like it was a babyface spot for Swerve. Um, and then the crowd started getting behind him, so I, like, I don't know, I kind of walked away thinking, okay, well, now Swerve has got to get rid of the rest of this group, and he's going to have a babyface run? Like, I don't know if that's where they're going, but that's kind of how it felt to me. Is that crazy?
1: No, and, and I, I, listening to busted open and Bully was saying this, and by by all means, it's not, I'm not comparing the characters at all, but Shane, or Swerve, I should say, Swerve Strickland, has this thing about him, especially with this character, where it, it's esque in the sense that he's fucking kind of this brutal character that's obviously will go at any length, to you know, get something done, but there's this coolness to him that you're drawn to. I feel like as a you know wrestling audience, because he's getting a babyface reaction. I mean, it was kind of Austin Brett out there with just like the last match they had, where Hangman's getting booed, and he's definitely clearly the babyface in this, but it's who the AEW crowd chooses, you know?
0: Yeah, and I mean, I. I- Part of that, I think, goes back to the first Swerve promo that started this up, about like, which I think a, fan, a lot of fans could probably relate to, of how Hangman has been since losing the title, just kind of there, given all these opportunities. And I mean, everything that Swerve said, in storyline at least, right? I think a lot of fans kind of feel that way, and then, and then Swerve's kind of been like an afterthought a little bit, and the character he's playing right now is making it so it's impossible for him to be an afterthought. Wanting to become the first you know what? W champion, uh,
1: it, it's very similar, Chris. I, sorry for cutting you off. It's, it's very similar to how Seth has called out uh, Drew McIntyre as of recently for the same shit. Like, boohoo, you've won the fucking title get over it, and trying to get that reaction out of him. Just wanted to say that. Sorry. No,
0: no, you're good. Um, Yeah, it is similar. Except for, like, Seth's is kind of mean. <laughs> but but Seth was like, what what, what yeah. was You say? Oh, boo-hoo, you were a champion during COVID. You were the fucking champion. Stop crying. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a good Seth promo. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, on the whole thing, I think a lot of fans would love to see Swerve, like, be the first black aw champion i think that would be a cool and i think people are invested in the story to see where it goes now the problem i'm, I'm having with it is this fucking group um kind of needs to separate himself from that i wouldn't lose prince nana though because he's getting a baby face reaction as well so he's kind of like uh he could kind of be like a jimmy Hart <laughs> almost
1: No, I completely agree with you, and I kind of – I'll throw this right back to you. I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but there's this element to swerve, I'll just say, uh, that none of the other guys really have in common with him. And, you know, uh, he does have some, with this character, similarities that I feel like New Jack had. And I almost kind of see other guys on that roster that if you wanted to pair with him – they could really work as a unit and kind of take stuff from, I'm not specifically saying like, I, like, I kind of started getting sick of like people saying, well, they need to put, you know, kind of like what they're doing with Bobby Lashley and for what they do with the hurt uh, business, you know, try to be the next nation of domination. I'm not saying that, but take a little bit from that. Take a little bit from uh new Jack's tag team, uh, you know, and, and. Still try to get that baby face, but, like, there's two other badasses that they have employed. One's um, fucking uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, who he just lost his boss now with uh, QT Marshall. Oh, yeah, he's now in—well, I, I guess he's doing something, but he has a similar flavor to him, I'll say to that. And then the other one being um, Ring, Ring of Honor, um, Shane Taylor. Uh, I would love to see them mix it up or just have Swerve— Really, if we want him as the babyface, I guess just do it him and Nana. Because Nana kind of, I mean, even though he acts like a heel manager, Chris, he still is doing babyface stuff. All his dancing is kind of like infectious. I end up doing it, you know, while I'm watching. Um, I don't know if you have that problem, but um, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I would get rid of the other guys, though. I kind of wish that Brian uh, Cage, maybe to let – Uh, you know, fucking Don grab them, all of them. You already have Brian Cage be affiliated, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying, when we say, when I'm saying, when I say separate him from that group, I'm not saying, like, fire those guys. You could definitely find something to do with the people that are in that group. It's just, it doesn't, to me, Swerve is kind of on the cusp of being a babyface in the same way that MJF was uh, after coming back. And it seems like it's going to be inevitable. The crowd's going to force that hand regardless. Uh, and if it was me, I mean, him and Prince Nanad keep them together. And uh, I don't know if it depends on how bad this MJF injury is, but it might not be the worst thing to uh, have him drop the title to Joe and uh, set up Swerve versus Samoa Joe. And you could really do some crazy ass storylines especially with swerve already willing to you know break into people's houses and we know that joe is also willing to do that <laughs> um a hey, windy yeah who goes first <laughs> so i don't know <laughs> maybe they'll do it like where they both break into each other's houses <laughs> at the same time um but i think that would be a good good storyline because joe the, the the thing about samoa joe is he can easily get that heel reaction seeming like he, he, it doesn't seem like he's had a hard time doing that even regardless of who he's going against. So I don't know that I would put Swerve versus MJF unless you are just going to keep him heal. It is weird that they threw Swerve into this tournament and it seems like he could potentially win the damn thing. Which is gonna keep him out of the main event picture because they're gonna have him as like what it? What the hell is this championship? I'm still confused on this tournament by the way. Because originally, Eddie why came-
1: the fuck is it not just a goddamn trophy? It, like you don't have to make another championship. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just gonna shut up, but.
0: No, I agree with you. That's part of my confusion because like originally when Eddie Kingston cut the promo, he said he was going to defend the title throughout the entire tournament, the titles throughout the entire tournament. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe the titles will switch hands and, you know, at the very end. Then they also
1: made it sound like that, like they're going to be unifying those three titles in one. So the New Japan Strong, the Ring of Honor World, and this whatever the hell is it called – we, I have it written down when we go over the notes for E.W. But I mean, and I, just, I, I have issue, Like I'm, I'm excited about the tournament. I love, love the matches. There was, that's my, my biggest thing is there was not a lot of storyline stuff coming off the fucking pay-per-view. Um, because they, like with, with Shane Strickland, we didn't really get a lot to hear from them because he's directly into this. So, just a little uh, critique, I guess.
0: Yeah, and we haven't gotten really any follow-up uh, off with hangman right so i mean hangman did get screwed at the end of this match yep so in theory you would think that there there's going to be one more but i don't know where you go from a texas death match um (laughs) that's the that's the problem with kind of doing the match and the finish the way they did but yeah this this should be handled like a g1 tournament i don't know that i need another fucking title um or a combined, a combination of these titles, if that's what they end up doing. But yeah, that's that's been kind of my problem with it. But like you said, they, they have great people in the tournament. There's been really good matches. It's just
1: weird, I guess. Yeah, and we'll definitely go over that tournament soon. Uh, let's talk more about some of the stuff on the card. Chris, I'm going to like rattle off through the pre-show and I'll kind of focus on some of the bigger stuff. But if you want to a stop, just let me uh, know, uh, Kingston beat, uh, Jay lethal. It was a good match. Uh, this is for the ring of honor world, but Jay's going to take a couple L's. Uh, I think what, what is happening is slowly Jay lethal is either going to look undesirable from the rest of the group and they'll just like blame it on him. Or he's going to be like, you guys are holding me down. I'm hoping that's what's happening. And like with most Ron Rodman uh, tournaments, Chris, you got to realize that just like Mark Briscoe, even though they are back to back losses, they can still come back and have a good showing no matter what, because there's so many people that you have to go against. That's the uh, thing that changes from that compared to bracket style.
0: Yeah, I kind of think that's the route they're going to go with Jay lethal. He does seem kind of – I I don't know. It's weird because you have the toss-up of what the Ring of Honor heavyweight title is even going to be since we don't know if this thing is getting combined or not. Like what is that show even going to look like after this tournament? Um, But, yeah, like you said, with Jay Lethal, he can easily get some wins back in this tournament. Uh, I can't remember the last time he won a match that wasn't like a uh, three-way throwaway type deal, though, that being said.
2: Well, maybe he should get on, uh, you know, Twitter and uh, complain about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's something he could do for sure.
1: Uh, well, we'll talk about that too. Because um, I have mixed feelings on that whole thing. I just, I wish that people would be professional, but if you're fucking pissed off in the stats that were presented within that That was also kind of alarming uh, at the same time. Should I just like bring that up right now, Chris? Yeah, might as well well get into it, I guess. So I I don't have it right in front of me, but essentially she, right after uh, the end of Dynamite, she talked about the amount of time that I think it was like nine minutes for MJF uh, for his promo time. And then I think it was 12 or something like that little bit over that for Christian and all the whole entire year, at least on dynamite for herself, uh, Britt Baker, you know, one of the more popular stars there, uh, DMD zero. And that's, I, I didn't really believe that at first, like, no, I didn't, not that I didn't believe her. I just was like, wow, that's fucking crazy. And I kind of did some research. Apparently they did. She did some stuff on rampage and collision. Uh, But that's it. And I know that she's also, within the situation itself, she has been busy with uh, her dentistry. I think that she's trying to get out of it uh, right now to kind of focus more full-time. I know that she has a lot of inner workings. We all saw, or at least a chunk of people saw, the documentary show where she did a lot of hands-on stuff as far as production and helping out with, with stuff in the women's division. Uh, So I know she, and then obviously her boyfriend, back to back, you know, getting over an injury, uh, needing a lot of help from from one thing and then hurting his leg and now having that. So there have been reason, but still, I was like, (sighs) there's two sides to it. I'll say this. One side I feel like, that I just wish that people would be it this doesn't look make the company look good essentially. And especially in Brit's situation, unless there has been tension as of recently. Um, I don't know. I I just feel like that should have been brought up to Tony, because now he looks even more so like he has in the past, inefficient in and you know, and he's had complaints. Some bad complaints from other females that used to work there, whether regardless of it's, you know, it, it's still there, it, it's still there. Uh, but at the same time, Rip Baker is one of the biggest stars that they have, especially in the women's division. And she's barely been on it. She's been kind of like a valet for another person that we're missing, especially right now, Jamie Hayter. And it just sucks that Thunder Rosa has been off television. She's not been quiet about the fact that she'd like to be positioned in something. Um, And I just don't know what the fuck's going on. They had a little bit more presented on their shows, um, and now it's back at 9:30. Usually is when they're on right before the main event. Um, So I don't know. I know I, I can tell that people are frustrated. I'm very happy for certain uh, newer people to be positioned. We'll talk about some of those wins, um, with sky blue becoming very popular and Julia Hart winning the title, but the women's division compared to, I mean, you can compare it directly to raw to SmackDown or combined or overall with NXT and then especially impact. It just, it's, it doesn't. And then I don't watch stardom, but I know a lot of the Japanese promotions have some really great talent uh they have good talent but they just don't utilize them correctly and even though I think that Brit should have maybe kept this a little hush hush and I, I don't like people doing this um I don't know maybe it was necessary maybe she's just being narcissistic I don't know how do you feel Chris
0: I'm I'm trying to think, like, they really cooled her off after she won that last Owen Hart tournament. And then, kind of, like you said, put her with Jamie Hater. It seems like they were building to a storyline with her and Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter got hurt. And then after that, she's not wrong. We've not seen a whole hell of a lot of Brick Baker, especially on the primary show, which is Dynamite. I mean, if she's on Rampage and Collision, and Godspeed, because I you look at the ratings of that thing and you're kind of like, well, a lot of people don't watch these. So, um, it is surprising that she's not been more involved that, but they've shifted their focus and they've built some new stars outside of Britt Baker. Like you said, with Julia Hart and sky blue and, uh, Chris Statlander coming back and, um, even Tony storm, who people seem to be really into. I'm not necessarily into that gimmick, but I know a lot of people are, uh, they've, They've kind of moved past that right so i don't know if they're holding her off for a big moment maybe something with like mercedes monet coming in at some point or waiting until they establish either a julia hart or a sky blue as the definitive champion to bring back brit baker i mean if they just put her on the show right now what would she even be doing i guess is kind of the kind of more of the problem
1: and that do you just think good. Go sorry. Do, do you think that maybe even though they've done it before, um, especially, I mean, I, I don't know. Apparently Thunder Rosa has tried to mend fences with the whole locker room. Had her talks. Her and Britt Baker have at least been cordial um, from stuff, stuff that we've heard from Sean Ross Sapp and a lot of other people, Dave and, and whatnot, um, you know, but they just go back to their feud because I feel like their feud by itself without even the title is big enough to be its own entity on top of the two other title belts, you know, because that's, that's one thing they lack is storylines directly for stuff outside the women's uh, titles.
0: Uh, if I was either of them, that's what I would want to do because at least you would be on the show. Right. And they work well together, even though they don't like each other. Yeah. Well, I'd rather work with someone that I didn't like and be on TV than sit in the back and get a paycheck. You know, like, because it's only going to hurt you long term. Um, I honestly hadn't thought about Brooke Baker until that tweet came out in quite a while. That's not really her fault. But, you know, is she still as over as she was?
2: Like, you kind of have to bring her back to something big. You can't just have her show up and start working fucking mid-card matches. No, and I've I've not seen someone raise their stock
1: up in such a way uh, since Becky, honestly, with Britt. So she was definitely on a higher plateau than I, I would say now. So you know, we need Jamie back. We need we need certain things. I think that we need. Um, fucking Athena back. And I know she's been in ring of honor as the woman's champion, but you know, I don't know. It just, uh, it's, it's strange. Sometimes the people they choose to have on the programs compared to others. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. And
0: obviously there's all, there's been rumors that, you know, Brit's kind of hard to get along with in the back. So maybe that has hurt her as far as being booked into certain programs, who the hell knows. Right. So, uh, the people that are like with Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, if they're not happy, why don't they ask for a release <laughs> at some point? I mean, like especially Thunder Rosa. She hasn't been on TV in like three years or two years.
1: Yeah. And I mean, it's not like those two. I don't I think that both of them will be treated pretty well uh, from Hunter because he knows that they're stars. And obviously Thunder Rosa, I don't I, He he's not like fucking Vince. And that was before she kind of blew up trying to get her as a fucking referee. I feel like it would be different because I I would not want that to happen for AEW because there are definitely two people I would not want to lose because they can make a whole lot of commotion um, in WWE because they are actually, I mean, it's, it's, we got, we got a lot of good on top talent pretty much on the main roster. So, they could i think fit in pretty well
0: yeah no i agree with you um i don't know i don't know how you work them in is the problem right like uh do you start a women's bracket tournament or round robin tournament to build up to the title like that's my thing is where do you put them in now because like i said i think they have moved past that and have started to try to build new female stars which is something that we've kind of complained about in the past part of that was Jade Cargill log jammed everything by having that long, long, long undefeated streak. So regardless of who you put in that storyline, the only person that was going to get over in that storyline is the person who beat her. So you had that for yeah. a long period of time. Um, and then you had like you bring in Saraya, you create this group. Now you got they did like they kind of hurt themselves with the way they booked that, and they've kind of bounced back a little bit here by creating some at least whether I like them or not, they've created some characters that people care about with Tony Storm and Julia Hart. So uh, and Chris Statlander coming back from injury, it's kind of like, what do you do? Like, how do you get there? How do you bring Britt Baker back and actually have her do something meaningful? You got to find a way to, to do that. I, I like Britt Baker just fine. Um, like I said, I, she hasn't been the best promo. <laughs> like, Um, the things that stand out about her are those Thunder Rosa matches and she kind of falls into the category for me of, well, was she really that good or did her and Thunder Rosa just have like three great matches?
1: My biggest thing is the, I think her worth ethic, especially doing everything she does, working the weekends and owning her own dentistry and being, you know, the main dental, uh, you know, um, Like that's impressive, both those things, and I think she has a lot of passion. I also think she can be a little bit insufferable, and I mean, they just had a docu series in which you got to see her kind of steer shit up while having a pretty prominent, at least at that time, leadership role on run, you know, kind of organizing things and being an influence to Tony. So uh, I don't know if that was smart of her. to kind of be a part of that. But I mean, maybe she doesn't care. So I admire her, but I also kind of find her uh, a bit narcissistic. I'll just say it. Yeah. I mean, I applaud her work ethic, but at the same time you got to decide whether you want to be
0: a fucking dentist or a wrestler, right. (laughs) Or a CEO or whatever, whatever you want to do, you got to pick the thing and then do it. Like, um, so while that's very impressive that she's, you know, doing the dentistry stuff and working, but you can't come out and complain about how you're being utilized. If you can't dedicate yourself to it a hundred percent, like you're talking about wanting to be the main event star. They're going to need you there for, you know, two shows a week.
1: Yeah, no shit.
0: So it's, Ah. it's one of those, like it's, it's weird because of how big she was at the beginning of AEW and kind of how, far it's fallen at this point and a lot of it is simply based on the storyline that i don't think you or i liked at the time which was when they brought soraya in they created those groups they put those groups against each other and then like that was the that was the main event for the women's division
1: essentially and then hater got hurt and then that kind of crumbled basically for everything yeah i agree with you man I, i i hope to see brit back soon Hopefully she figures that stuff out, but it's not like, I, I think that she is definitely a big enough name that if she wanted to pursue wrestling outside of this, she could probably go to the other big company. Um, but we'd have to see. Like I said, they're very top heavy over there. Uh, yeah. I want, hey, you know, who's a free agent this next year. Do you think that uh, Hunter's going to go for Camille? Maybe. I could see that. They'd probably throw her in NXT. Oh, of course. But she seems, I don't know if he's meaning to do this. I I kind of have the feeling he is. It just seems like for the most part, the women on raw are more of your quote unquote, Hoss wrestlers, you know, with, with the women, like, you know, but like the other ones on the other, there's like much more, I would say high flyers and whatnot. And it kind of even works like that for the men. But I think that, man, you got, and the next year, if you had like Jade and Camille, a part of that fucking, it's like, you know, um, death of schnoo or death by schnoo-snoo, I should say, if anyone's a Futurama fan. <laughs> just Amazon woman. Yeah, it's, it's
0: just crazy to think about WWE's women's roster in general, right? Like you look at that fucking War Games match we're going to talk about later and realize how stacked they are and yep. how good of a job they've done building up their talent on the main roster so when you put that in a direct comparison against like AEW, then yeah i could see where like if britt baker's sitting at home watching survivor series and how big that is versus just kind of like here's a title match on our pay-per-view in between like a bunch of other shit uh i could see that being frustrating
1: oh i'm sure all right, well let's let's uh let's get back to the uh, the event itself. Uh, Claudio beat Buddy Matthews. I remember it being a good match. Uh, then MJF did decide to use Samoa Joe to defeat the Guns, and now that sets up Joe and MJF at World's End um, at the end of this month, uh, the last pay-per-view of this year, and technically the pay-per-view the day before in MJF's hometown before his contract you know, quote unquote expires if he hasn't already re-upped and everything. But um, yeah, that's all setting up. I want to talk about this match because I did enjoy a lot of parts of it. Uh, and I really, you know, at first, I, it was kind of getting dry besides Christian, but especially based on the last interaction between Edge and Christian, even though they definitely kind of fucked up by not censoring that word uh, and having to censor, when Edge says, go fuck yourself, like, uh, that was on TBS. So I'm hoping that they don't get any trouble for that. Uh, but anyways, uh, Sting, Darby, uh, Adam Copeland, Ric Flair, and the patriarchy, Christian, Luchasaurus, Nick Wayne. I thought it was a fun match. It was a lot of spots. Um, you know, I, I just think that Sting's having fun right now. He has until the beginning of March. Uh, for the, his last match. And um, I love the interaction with Christian and Ric Flair. I know. I wish that Rick Knox wasn't right the fuck there. Staring at all of it. But what are you going to do? But, um, you know, Christian kind of fucking with Flair. And Flair coming in. And giving a couple chops. And then getting low blowed by Christian. Um, getting a little out heeled by uh, Christian. But that was that was a fun match. Sting, Darby, Adam uh, all ended up winning with... Christian basically said "fuck it" and got the hell out of there, and Nick Wayne got pinned. Uh, so that was that was that was a fun that was a fun match, right, Chris?
0: Yeah, it was a fun opener. Is you know, I, they Sting did not get the reaction that they thought he was gonna get. Like towards the end of that, that was really weird. Where Edge is like, "Come on, this is his last match in L.A." I don't think that people realized that, or at least some of the people in the building. Uh, so I don't know if that's just they didn't do a good enough job putting that over or, or what, but I guess this is gonna be his last. That was his last match in California, is what they're going with. Um, yeah, fun match. I love the ring gear and entrance with uh, Edge or sorry, Adam Copeland, uh, Sting and Darby. I thought that was really cool. Uh, I like the storyline that's set up. You know, Christian left, but he blamed the entire loss on uh, Luchasaurus. I thought that was kind of fun. I like they're bringing Nick Wayne's mom in. Uh, after the events you know the following i guess it was the following week on dynamite so they're doing some neat stuff around that and uh i'm I'm digging it uh fun match real quick on the um the samoa joe match the we didn't really talk about it but the aftermath uh with mjf getting pillmanized how did you feel about all of that on a pre-show
2: um yeah, I, I didn't need a lot of that. I, I got to be honest with you. Uh,
1: there's this theory, and I'm sure you've heard it, that all of this is just a fucking mind game attempt and MJF is a devil. And the only reason I kind of like, yeah, can we just go that direction? And then, no, I don't think it's going to be Britt Baker or Jungle Boy or any of the stupid fucking rumored ones out there. But I miss heel. Max, it it feels like he's trying to go so babyface or they're trying to at least book him or whatever combination of the two. He's trying to go so babyface that they have to put every odd against him. And then he actually ends up and we'll talk about it, fucking up his own hip by doing two moves to the outside that really were not smart, you know, moves to do. So I don't know what the he's trying to kill himself out there. I just kind of miss him being an asshole, being fucking great at doing that, and not doing some of the crazy shit he's trying to attempt right now, but what what do I know? What do I know?
0: Yeah, I mean, just as an angle itself, I thought it was kind of fucking weird. Um, we, they've done that. We've seen this in the past in multiple wrestling companies. The person gets hurt at the beginning of the night and then comes back and overcomes the odds, so I wasn't as upset about that as a lot of other fans. I know a lot of fans were comparing him to john cena after that like he's super cena basically i didn't feel that way um i think he was trying to have like a stone cold steve austin moment by stealing the ambulance and coming back after all of that and that's i think more of what they were doing oh yeah i just don't understand like you're trying to sell a pay-per-view you basically just told fans that that match might not happen (laughs) so from that standpoint i was like well that's really weird um as far as the devil, I think the devil originally was going to be Adam Cole. He got hurt, and now they're shifting. And my thought is it's probably David Finley. I could be wrong, but that was that's kind of was my assumption.
1: That would be interesting, as we've uh, talked about. Uh, all right, then we had Orange Cassidy going against John Moxley. This is actually a pretty good match. Uh, the The only thing that I will criticize is something that's commonly criticized with a situation like this. I I mean, I I can't really go back in my fucking head because I didn't document it that well on on the amount of blood. But obviously, if you're going to have a match with Moxley, there's going to be blood. And these guys kick the shit out of each other. It's just, you know, couple down, you're going to have the massacre that we were talking about initially. So uh, besides that, uh, I think these guys have really good chemistry. And I think that they've uh, done a good job kind of, you know, raising themselves – uh, within this feud. So, uh, good stuff. And, or, you know, John Moxley must like orange Cassidy cause he put him over, uh, again, I think, and he didn't have to. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, you had Moxley win the first match pretty clean. Then this one Cassidy wins like because of the turnbuckle being exposed. I don't, I don't know that they necessarily needed to go that route. Um, but it it was a good match. I I don't think this was as good as their first match, though. That being said, um, but it was a fun match. It, it, how did you feel about the finish? Did you like? To me, I probably would have just had like Cassidy win clean, but obviously this is setting up because their Blackpool Combat Club, Will or Udo specifically, has been bringing this up in promo. So I'm assuming they're going to build back to a third
1: match. Yeah, I mean that's when they did it. Um... I figured that was just the reason basically to, is to set something up more so, but I don't know I, f- I also feel at the same time, it's time for both these guys to kind of move on, and do something else. So over saying you're welcome is one of my, uh, least favorite things in wrestling for either any, any of the companies with a storyline. So they wrap it up soon. Good. But I could have gone with that being the, uh, you know, last interaction for
2: now. Um,
1: Yeah,
0: and and it seems like, I don't know, it's kind of, it's hard to tell what they're doing because they also threw this tournament kind of in there out of nowhere. So, yeah, I'm curious to see where they're going to go with that. I'm not really wanting to see, you know, Best Friends and Hook versus the fucking Blackpool Combat Club, if that's what they're trying to set up for the pay-per-view. I don't have any interest in seeing another one of those.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, next match we had the timeless Tony Storm with Luther, which now after meeting him because we did T-shirts for him, um, shit, that was over a year ago at this point. But really big dude. I think he just looks funny as this. Um, I don't know. I guess valet meets bodyguard concept with the small weird frame glasses. I didn't even know it was him at first, but uh, I am I am liking this. It's it, the the comedy's good, and she went against Kuroshita, and you flip-flopped between, like, three people a bunch lately. And now, since now I think that she's got a, a storyline that's resonating more with people, it kind of makes sense for Tony to have that title. And it would be one of two uh, women's uh, titles changed this night. But Timeless Tony Storm defeated Kuroshita.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a, a decent match. Um, I Luther as a manager, it's fine. We're gonna get Julia Hart <laughs> and Brody King versus Luther <laughs> and Tony Storm. i uh, that. would be, a, be the bodyguards. Fun. Um, nothing against Luther. I forgot that he worked for AEW until they put him in this role. So it's cool to see him out there. It is a funny. It is funny to put those two together. <laughs> Uh, but the match itself, we've seen Tony Storm versus Akira Shida
2: like 10 times at this point, so it was yep. uh, what I would expect out of that match. All right, onward.
1: We had the big tag team um, ladder match with Ricky Starks and Big Bill going against Les Factions uh, ingrenables with Rouge and Realistico, uh with Mr. Jose, the assistant, and Preston Vance in their corner. FTR, Cash Wheeler, and Dax Harwood, and the Kings of the Black Throne, Malachi and Brody King. I thought... (coughs) Sorry. I thought Dax specifically died, like, two different times in this fucking match. Um, This was brutal. Uh, And, you know, I, I was definitely rooting for... I kind of, like... I I like the idea of Roosh and uh, Drillistico, you know, getting the win, but obviously FTR was basically, I was not really wanting more so because Starks and and Big Bill are doing a good job, but I didn't want them to win. But I think it was more because they were good heels uh, and I liked everyone else, but this was a fun match. I mean, it's a lot of spots. Some crazy fucking shit they attempted, and yeah, um, seeing Roosh specifically square up—I think he was squaring up with uh, Cash Wheeler. They just beat the living shit out of each other, and it looked like hamburger meat on their chest. So, good stuff, right?
0: Yeah, I, I enjoyed this match. I
2: don't—you know what—I don't remember who fucking won though, <laughs> honestly. It was it was uh, Ricky Starks and uh, Big Bill. They uh, ended up winning.
0: Oh yeah, okay, so they, yeah, they retained. Big Bill's looked great. I wish they would do more with Ricky Starks and Big Bill, like as far as uh, as far as their tag team has gone. But I I kind of said it when they won the tag titles. Is this just a way to try to keep Ricky Starks around? Because he has been kind of open about not being happy. And uh, I don't know if you saw that, but last week, Jade Cargill posted a photo of him at the Performance Center working out with her, which was weird. Seems like pissing Uh in your mouth a little bit. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's fine that they retained. Uh, I I literally uh... retained.
1: You know, we talk about this, uh, you know, Hammerstone obviously finally working something out with MLW finishing up this year and being a free agent. Uh, we, I, you know, I also brought up uh, Camille in NWA, one female that I could definitely see WWE being interested in. And we know about MJF, Will Ospreay's not an option anymore. Uh, but Ricky Starks later on, not at the beginning, like a lot of these guys, but later on, he's another guy whose contract's coming close. Um, and there's a couple other ones. I'm like, this is going to be interesting if certain people don't decide to stay with their company, which some of them will, some of them won't, obviously. It's just there is a, a rather large talent pool uh, about to be available uh, this next coming year. Um, Richard Holiday is another one. But
2: Well, I mean,
0: the big one is MJF, right? The biggest
1: yep, fish is the in that big one.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy with all that that's going on. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I like Ricky Starks a lot. I feel like he kind of got a raw, raw deal with uh, the little feud they put him in with MJF, and then he's kind of uh, – I don't know. He's just taken a bunch of losses since then.
1: Yeah, and I like his tag team, and I like him with Big Bill, but I'm just – uh, I don't remember how he what, – what was his phrasing? He's, he feels like he's on career mode, he's doing really good, and all of a sudden, um, you know, it just starts messing up or the game starts messing up or some shit like that. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: it's, it, it's, it's just really weird that they threw him in – it's like when they don't know what to do with him, they throw him in a tag team. So I could probably understand his frustration because he – I don't know. He's gotten over with the crowd. Fans like him. They want to cheer for the fucking guy. But then they just have him lose whenever they put him in a big match. And now he's back in a tag team. So uh, we'll see how much of that is he's really pissed off. Or if it's storyline, he also was one of the the punk supporters. Um, so I, I don't know. Maybe he just has maybe he's just done with AEW. Who knows right now? He's the champion. So <laughs> he's got to stick around for a little bit.
1: Just a little bit, for sure. Um, but yeah, Bill and Starks won in the next match. I also really like this match, Julia Hart going against Sky Blue and Chris Statlander, and ended up winning, dethroning Chris Statlander for her championship reign. And I'm really digging Julia Hart. I I know that you're not a big fan of the music. I actually like it. I I, I kind of like how they all have like their own weird fucking eclectic metal genre for their songs, I guess. Uh, But her presence, her natural stuff that she's doing the ring, the little things in between stuff, uh, she's getting pretty damn good for her age. And she's definitely diving into this character and uh, I'm enjoying her work. And because of the fact that she has, she's so committed to being kind of Raven in fucking teen Titans, if that makes sense um stoic but like you know very very domineering with her darkness if you will uh she she still comes off like a threat more so than like when Liv Morgan or not Liv Morgan um Bliss tried to do that uh with the fucking Harley Quinn that they invented for her um for for, uh Mr. Bray Wyatt I'm rambling shut me the fuck up how'd you feel that she won
0: uh, I think it's. I think it was the right move. She seems to be really over with the crowd. People really are digging the gimmick. I like the majority of it. I still don't like the theme song, but everything else they're doing—her having a Birdie King as a bodyguard outside the ring, uh, her going on a hill run with that title—that seems seems like a good idea to me. So I'm completely fine with it. I thought it was a pretty good match overall, and uh, I like like pretty much everything they're doing with Julia Hart still not a fan of the theme song, but that's uh that's just a you know it's personal taste more than anything to do with anything else related to the character. It is way better than what they did with Alexa Bliss because they didn't try to fucking overdo it and make it this huge super well. I say that, but she just turned sky blue like into a fucking demon or whatever the hell's going on with that, but outside of that, they've kind of kept it. Kept it wrestling more like a Kevin Sullivan than like a, uh, supernatural monster type deal.
1: Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, we, we, we already uh, talked about the, uh, Strickland, uh, page match. I'm trying to remember any of the other fucked up violent shit they did to each other. Um, I just thought it was well paced. I mean, like I said, it was very spotty, but it was to the point where they were going so brutal that I wasn't looking at as spots more. So two guys trying to kill each other. Uh, so that's where I kind of went in my head and you had two personalities. Uh, should we talk about the blood spot in which Adam a <laughs> fucking gushered sort of Strickland. And at one part when he's bent over, uh, came out and started collecting blood in his mouth. Now I, I'm sure he ended up swallowing some of it, but it wasn't really to drink the blood. He ended up just shooting it out of his mouth, which looked gnarly as fuck, uh, uh, kind of Gangrel style with real fucking blood. Uh, so yeah, that was that was uh, that was one hell of a fucking visual. That is like one of the things in this match that is like make it or break it for people. But um, you know, I'm fucked up individual myself, so I thought it was pretty gnarly. <laughs> Uh, what's wrong with me? My wife got
0: grossed out and left uh, after that. She was like, That's fucking cannibalism. It's fucking disgusting. I'm out of here. <laughs> and like, she came back after the match. So, uh, like you said, a making it break it spot. Um, it's kind of a weird thing to see knowing that we've had people catch HIV and shit in the past with blood spots or reusing razors. Hell, we just watched a dark side of the ring on Abdullah the Butcher that was kind of confirmed right so it's uh and then we're also living in a post-covid world so i can see a lot of people being grossed out it was a cool visual whatever they went for it and did it and i'm sure they're they have to be tested or whatever before they do something like that i don't know if they didn't that's fucking crazy uh in general but you know you're how far is too far i guess is the question i mean they did they're stapling each other's—they're stapling shit in each other's foreheads, it's like them licking each other's blood or whatever. Is that—is that that much further? I guess I, I don't know. If you're just not into these kind of matches, then I would suggest probably not watching AEW pay-per-views because there's like one a pay-per-view where someone does something crazy like that.
1: Yeah, if you hear a death match, <laughs> you might uh, not be a big fan. I—I I, I still really enjoyed the match itself and i don't know it's it's not so bad as some of the maybe it's because these guys are more experienced they put more athleticism into it they put their moves in between it it's still telling a story generally by like they're working on something to fuck up on the other person's body um in a situation like this where like i said the whole concept was paige wanted to kill him and you know swerves the joker he's trying to get him to go over to cross that line as a good old cowboy that wears you know flowers and butterflies on his jeans so uh it worked for me i understand why people would be kind of repulsed to this i'll plead the fifth like i said for being kind of desensitized at this point for entertainment shit including horror movies and all that jazz but uh yeah it was uh it was a it was a brutal fucking match man it was they just kept on doing more and more and it was like it was just like a horror movie. You're looking through your fucking fingers at certain points. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I what did I, I called Swerve, a uh, Terminator Swerve Scott at one point. <laughs> you know, like he kinda hulks up. Middle match and uh I have no idea how the hell hangman Adam Page can fucking do that what uh, God, whatever that move is the his Lariat, right? That flip Lariat, how the hell does he do that in cowboy boots, like with a ring covered in blood, land and still like that's I don't know. For those out there that's never worn cowboy boots, put put on a pair of cowboy boots and then think about doing a flip and landing and then running immediately after. Seems crazy. I liked the uh the one spot um because Swerve was bleeding a fucking gusher. I don't know if he took some aspirin or if he just gigged himself really hard or what happened. He was bleeding all over the place, and then at one point, like Hangman decided to sell that and was like sliding around the ring like he was on ice skates trying to get up, which I thought was it's kind of effective spot. There were some just really cool visuals in the match, cool spots. Was, like I said, um, I wish that they didn't do these matches as often because this would have been a bigger deal. But because they do these all the time, it's kinda kinda crazy. Now that being said, we don't get forty-five minutes of just two people doing this that often. So um it is weird to try to throw like you threw this match in kind of what I would consider the middle of their feud and then had kind of a fuck finish. So we know we're gonna get one more of these, but I don't know what kind of contraption are they going to come up with. Exploding death match are we going to try that one more
1: one moss more? Oh Jesus. Yeah, I hope that's not the case at all. That would be uh, terrible. Uh, but we'll find out. We'll we'll uh, we'll wait and see. Maybe they'll, they'll do a. Um, when's the last time we've had a? Um, what the hell are uh, they called? A where Jim Cornette broke his ankles? A scaffold match. Let's do a scaffold match. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: I, barbed wire match, scaffold match. Because I mean, that's where you're going. What about next? a
1: barbed wire scaffold match? Well, the scaffold is made it completely out of barbed wire.
2: Uh,
0: it, barbed wire barbed wire match would make sense with it being the cowboy I guess I, I just don't know where you go from this like you can't just put them in a fucking cage match right well do they do a hell in a cell type match to try to keep the baddies out that might be might be the next thing or a cage match with like razor wire around the top
2: Tony, feel free to pay me for these ideas because I'm sure you have not thought about it. Hopefully they don't like, you know, kill each other.
1: Um, that's, uh, that's the worry. But yeah, great chemistry with these two. Um, and I'm really enjoying uh, Shane Strickland. I, I just think that he's got something about him, the way he's approaching this character, and just some of the strategy. He was talking with uh, Chris Von Vliet about watching when he comes out and trying to find you know to the right side when he's coming out which people in the audience are really getting into it and kind of bringing it towards that section you know he knows he knows what he's doing and um watching for a while i'm glad he's getting somewhat of a push uh in aew
0: Me too. And I I think he does one thing better than anyone else on that roster, which is his facials and his selling. This dude sells like a million bucks. Like we talked about that when he had that casket match. (laughs) And he was just selling his arm sticking out of the casket. Like He's fucking great. So I hope that they continue his push. I just don't know what they're going to do with this hangman situation. Uh, cause I am assuming there's still going to be one more match and I wish he would have sold the effects of this match
2: a little more when he showed up on dynamite. Yep. I, I can agree with you on that. Um, I
1: guess the next one kind of goes along with uh, the other fellow elite members. Uh, besides hangman, we have the young bucks going against the golden jets, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega And this was basically the Young Bucks put their number one contender um on the line. So if Jericho and Omega won, they would actually take that and go against uh Ricky Starks and Big Bill. So big match. I can't I'm I'm not gonna act like I know a lot of what happened, but at the same time I'm sure I know a lot of what happened, if that makes sense, but uh, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega ended up winning. Young Bucks had a hissy fit, and apparently, I guess like just creatively, maybe it's more so to be with family. I don't know exactly. I'm, you, you'll, you'll probably correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was Dave that reported that they're taking off a little bit of time, uh, maybe healing up from stuff. So this might be the last time we see them for a minute, so interesting way to go out if that's the case. Um, or if it's not, you know, young bucks still lost and it definitely looks like regardless, they're going in a heel
2: direction, Chris.
0: Yeah. that's kind of the rumor that I heard as well. I don't know how much truth that is or how long they're going to be gone because it definitely seemed like they're setting up a heel turn and a feud against Chris and Chris or Chris and Kenny. Um, I mean the majority of the match I was watching this being like god damn it Kenny Omega's so good that's that's what I remember yeah. cuz he was pretty much uh you know obviously Jericho is not going to be out here hitting tons and tons of spots I thought he looked pretty good in the match he had a uh, he hit a pretty cool code breaker on one of the bucks I thought some of the tag team stuff that him and uh Kenny Omega were doing was pretty pretty great considering you know Jericho like we know Jericho's age and he's kind of slowed down and he's not going to be able to do the same shit he was doing 20 years ago but I, for the most part it looked pretty good. I just you know they're tied now they're tied into the buck storyline uh and they still have Don Callis looming over them in the background. Is it just the bucks are going to join Don Callis? Is that where they're I going? I definitely
1: thought that myself, yeah. I could see it happening. Yeah, so
0: it's – I don't know. There's still that. Now You know, Kenny Omega's kind of burnt bridges with the Young Bucks, and he's got this entire group that now has Will Ospreay that want to murder this man. So where does he go? Who does he get to help him, I guess? Because that's still the overarching theme of this, unless they're just going to move past it.
1: You know, I I kind of wonder – uh, that a small issue with, certain, and maybe it's it's providing, like we said, uh, things for people to do in the meantime. But I just feel like in situations where we have these uh, different groups and, and and stables and and whatnot, that why is it that no one out of them goes for one of the main titles? And for me, whether it be Jay Lethal in his group or Kenny with whatever he's involved with before the Bucks. Now he's partnering with Jericho Pentagon, uh, within his group doesn't go for the main title. And these guys are great singles wrestlers. I wish that we could still have the fucking factions or groups or tag teams, but still go for, more singles matches because I miss Malachi in singles matches. I miss, I miss, you know, uh, Kenny, a lot of times we get to see him, and then all of a sudden he's back doing something with multiple people for a while. Uh, that's that's uh, just one thing. Besides the fact that storylines can sometimes proceed slow, and this tournament is cool, but it's kind of going in the way of you know putting more depth into those said storylines, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean you could also say the same thing about you know Brian Danielson and John Moxley to some extent. At least John Moxley is still out here having. Main event level title matches, but it's yeah, I agree with you. And I kind of felt that way when they brought Kenny or Kenny Omega back and immediately put him in a fucking trios. Like, I get that was the plan, uh, like the nine months before he got hurt, but when he came back, they could have really used him as a singles competitor. And every time they've put him in a singles feud, he's had a great match, whether it was against Will Ospreay or uh, Takashita, like. I'm hoping this Jericho thing goes the way most Jericho tag teams go, and dissolves pretty quickly because I am, uh, I am much like you, especially with Kenny Omega. I want, I think that he should be in your title picture and uh, moving past this Don Callis feud, even though I, I do like Don Callis's group and what he's put together. And I mean, I know they're saving some of that because Will Ospreay, as he said in his promo, is wrapping up his Nuge band stuff.
1: So. And that will be pretty interesting to see what happens. If Will Ospreay, you know, who kind of has positioned himself more babyface as of recently, beforehand, the last time we saw him, he was representing Don Callis' group. Uh, what what version of Will Osprey do you think that we'll see in AEW? A heel Will Ospreay aligning with Don Callis or him immediately getting away from that and kind of being a babyface?
0: I... Uh, he- He'll, I think it'll start with Don Callis, right, and then move on from there. I don't think that's going to last too long. Yeah, I think he's too big of a star to just be with that group. Um, I could be wrong, but we'll see. I guess it depends on what happens with MJF. If uh, I don't know, it's, that it's interesting because you got you. If you keep him heel, you have a built-in heel for MJF, who's going to be the, your top babyface. For probably until his contract runs up, if he doesn't re-sign. So that's kind of a, uh, I don't know. It just depends on what's what's going on in that landscape. He's got, I mean, I don't assume he's coming back until after or after Wrestle Kingdom. So probably February. So whatever happens between now and then, I know that's not really a great answer to your question, but it's kind of hard for me no,
1: to. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying, completely. Well, anyways, uh, Golden Jets won against the Young Bucks, like I said. Hissy fit, and Young Bucks were pissed, and they left. Uh, the last match, Adam Cole was about to <laughs> take the honor of his best friend and go against uh, Jay White, uh, and luckily, MJF pulled uh, Steve Austin, like you alluded to, coming back in an ambulance and dragging his ass. Uh, I will say this match was really good, really technical. These guys worked well together. Um, the spots I will say for two reasons. It, I think MJF for the most part did great jobs job selling the leg throughout the whole entire thing and really making that still about what's going on and, and Jay going after it as much as he could. I thought that he did good until he did something. And I understand All right, there's adrenaline so we can put that in there. But when you are Jumping off the top rope to the outside, and the only protection that you have is a collapsed table, a downed table, and you took the top part and kind of leaned it, and then put Jay on top of it. So that's going to break your fall. Well, uh, that did not work out, and uh, he actually—I don't think he really—he'll—he'll he'll be fine, but he definitely uh, aggravated his hip, and then proceeded to do a fucking. You know, shortly afterwards, a diamond cutter to the outside with Jay on the apron. Um, God, Max, like, I think he he really is showing that overall he's a great fucking wrestler, and I get that and I appreciate that. It just with you know, he just keeps on doing more stuff where I'm like, holy fuck. Okay, well, we we would have never seen MJF do that in the past, but this match was. Like I said, really well done, Um, you know, and MJF ended up winning and he is still our world championship and now has to give uh, a uh, match against Samoa Joe, which will, like I said, at world's end, end of this month, last day of December on the last day that MJF is contracted against Samoa Joe for that title. So good shit. And really good display, even though he lost of Jay White. I thought they, like I said, I thought they had really good chemistry.
0: Yeah, it was a really good match. Jay White's fucking incredible. Like you said, MJF, I think, did a good job of selling the injury throughout the entire match outside of that one spot, um, which he basically came out and said, like, that was supposed to be a table spot. So I was just like, fuck it and went for it anyways. Turns out that was a bad idea. I heard that he had a slight tear, like, slight torn labium. Uh, so maybe i don't know either way he's fucked up that's why he's not been wrestling on tv so uh if they're smart they will just make him not do anything until this pay-per-view but if you remember that's what kenny was wrestling with that and a bunch of other stuff um during his title run so i mean it's possible to work with that if it is a torn labrum. or but i don't know i mean they're Do you just put the belt on Joe at this point? I guess.
1: I think regardless, honestly, if he stays or not, I think that Samoa Joe should win that title.
0: Yeah, and and it's not anything about to me. It's not anything about what MJF's run has looked like because I thought I think his title run has been pretty good so far. To me, it's broken every record they have (laughs) longest
1: reign, most most matches and wins. I mean. But the
0: whole double thing is taking away from the title picture as well. Yeah. So I I would be fine with them putting that on Joe and then moving Joe on to Brian Danielson or Moxley or yeah, maybe even Will Ospreay uh, in the coming months or yeah. going from there. I think that, you know, Joe Who knows maybe
1: uh, maybe Drew McIntyre. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Maybe. Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> Those yeah. are gonna be possibilities soon. That's crazy.
0: Dolph's probably at home working on his comedy routine.
1: Yeah. If he just opens up, dude. What if he does a Seinfeld character where he just starts like before his matches, he just comes out and does a little bit of material working off the audience, and then <laughs> they even make the music like similar, like da 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 da, and then like they tear that down. Commercial comes back. He's ready to like have a match, you know? I think he that would be great. Very-
0: Comes out with Larry David as his heel manager.
1: Oh my God, dude. Oh my God. Yeah. In any <laughs> situation, like normally I'd be like, put Ric Flair with him, obviously. No, <laughs> Larry David, I'll take that. I will definitely. The fucking interview is
3: <laughs> I want,
1: no, I want someone to play the bass line for Seinfeld. Like, just start playing it. And then, yeah, just go right. All right. Oh, God. But yeah, good pay per view. My biggest thing, though, like I said, Chris, uh, I I just feel mainly because of this tournament and that being the priority, you know, these awesome matches that we're getting during the week for this round robin tournament, um, it detracted from having follow ups and a lot of the storylines. Specifically, like I said, with Strickland, we didn't even hear from him. It was just going into matches. So that's my, my biggest thing, but. Overall, uh, even though I know it was controversial, um, I really enjoyed it. And then I watched a press conference with a meandering, holy shit! I mean, I just Tony. Uh, he had he had his uh, Antonio Inoki scarf. He talked about it several times. It's he had an intro where he didn't even ask for questions or anything like that. Where he just was. I don't know if you saw this, just repeating the same thing over and over again, but oh, lord. Um, but yeah, some good stuff. MJF had a really good promo at that. Um, Christian was a dick. Uh, yeah, just, you know, your normal stuff.
0: I, I didn't watch the press conference, so I can't speak on it. Um, it's fucking weird flex to be like, did you guys see my Antonio Anoki scarf? I bought this off eBay. sure. <laughs> like, it's kind of a weird weird thing didn't they just do an inoki tribute pay-per-view wasn't that the whole why didn't he do that then
1: yeah apparently the family gave him that for the pay-per-view um gotcha okay well, i'm sure it's kind, kind of neat yeah uh, but still it was like and he was just meandering about like no one asked him about the tournament. I'm sure that was gonna come up, but then he started going into details about the tournament, and then started doing his normal thing of like plugging everything immediately, and then would go back into the tournament, and then would forget that he sa- forgot to say something, so he'd address that real quick. And like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I would try to like stay awake, but it would be hard if I was pressed. You know, compared to like Triple H, who's like. Even in his, in his older age, his his voice is like butter. He said, like, we're, "We're just gonna get right to the point, and uh, you know, we're just gonna talk about some stuff. And you know, that, I, I don't know. It's 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 very different. Very different.
0: I, w- I was disappointed we didn't get more of Cody and Jay on the Survivor Series uh, <laughs> post conference high as hell like they were <laughs> the previous Yeah. Day. <laughs> Cause that was like my favorite thing from any press conference. Right up there with uh, CM Punk talking about he's old and he fucking works with children. That was pretty good. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, those are kind of hard to sit through the AEW ones. They're, I don't, I don't know. It's like the, uh, some of the writers and journalists in that room try to treat it like kayfabe and some of them ask real questions and then you get into this awkward situation and it puts the performers in an awkward situation like when wwe does it they do it a lot like how new japan does it where it's still all kayfabe so it's just i don't know AEW's kind of taking a weird thing so those are a little hard for me to watch especially when the pay-per-view ends at fucking 12 so when i do catch it it's usually the next day because jesus um Yeah, uh, good pay-per-view overall. Good show. I enjoyed it. Um, AEW's got to figure out whatever their identity is. It feels like their identity is, we just want to do good matches. And if that's the case, maybe he should have just opened the company up in Japan because they have not done shit all with the storylines coming out of pay-per-view. Yep. I
2: will... I do agree with you, man. Uh, but we'll, like I said, we're going to
1: specifically go on to, uh, about the tournament um, for AEW with the A block. Oh, no, no. It's the gold block, which is on the main show that everyone watches, and the blue block, which is on the shows during the weekend that no one watches. So I wonder why they pick gold. we um, be pissed off if I was Kingston and Danielson. You know, how? Well, I'm not on the gold block, but uh, this is actually Danielson. I'm I'm pretty sure he's behind this. How about the concept that QT Marshall left Chris? You know Tony's right hand man, uh, and within it, you know didn't didn't try to bring any sour grapes. He just said that essentially they were moving in a direction recently that um, he wasn't happy about or whatever, however he phrased it. It was very diplomatic still, but, um, you know, he's, he's been helping him with the shows for a very long time. Um, you know, obviously as a gym that's connected to them that now I'm assuming is not because obviously Cody was the other owner of it. Um, just, uh, just interesting. And we never, we never got a, a final TMZ to like wrap up that amazing, um, uh, whatever the fuck group they had. Is that all over now? I hope so, because I didn't like that to I begin. Hope. I like Demi Expo. I, she's absolutely just amazing to look at, So, and, and she's got some attitude to her. I know she's a wrestler. So, What fuck. was with... what?
0: Okay, so I, some of these I don't always see, but did they ever explain why fucking Taya Valkyrie and Jomo were in some of these? and why has he not wrestled in like two years it's not two years that's a bit of an over exaggeration but they signed the guy and he hasn't done anything
1: i don't know what the fuck they're doing and actually conan he acted like he didn't directly talk to either of them about it specifically now but especially ty is kind of like a little bit annoyed that she's not really they're not doing anything with her and she's definitely someone that i would be doing stuff with over other people that you decide to choose to do stuff with pure hogan being a lot another person mercedes uh, martinez being another person you know fuck yeah
0: I, I mean john morrison can go in there and have great matches with people i don't know why
1: yeah hey how about this one especially where they work you know, at the same time, several years back, I want to see Kenny Omega versus John Morrison. We talked about it with fucking John Morrison on the air.
0: Yeah. He was like, yeah, that would be great.
1: <laughs> so I've not got it. That was yeah. another thing. Like Rob Van Dam was like, dude, I want to do me and Kenny. Like we've definitely talked about it. And I was like, so what the fuck's going on? Like, you know, we're all three matches and it's like, your dream match, Daniel Garcia versus Brian Danielson for the 15th time. Like, what? That's not my... All right, whatever.
0: Well, you know, to, to some extent, everyone wants to wrestle Kenny Omega, so you got to kind of pick and choose, but... Uh, I don't know. There's tons of people you can put John Morrison against. Hey, put him in a fucking tag team. Put him and the Cowboy together as a tag team. Why not? There you go. All like, right, well, um, I... It's just weird. That's one of those when people say they have so many people on their roster they don't use. I, I usually will argue that they try. Uh, but John Morrison's been there for a while, and I think I've seen two matches.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's anything too, too crazy. Um, trying to find right now these Continental Classics. Now. Oh, Real quick, let me ask something.
1: I didn't comment on the
0: QT Marshall thing. I'm assuming that he's going to the performance center to train there, or they're expanding the performance center so that they'll be an Atlanta location, and a uh, the Nightmare Factory
2: will be fully back under it. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I'm trying to find these leagues.
1: The Gold League for the Continental Classic. We have a Continental. We have an international, and we have the TNT, which is essentially the uh, TV title,
2: and also the Fuck the World title, or whatever the hell it's called. Just for the men's too, Chris, by the way. Uh, too many fucking titles. No, you
0: don't say. If I was a heel in that company, I would have the too-many-fucking-titles
1: belt. <laughs> not officially. If Matt Cardona re- was, was with uh, AEW, probably would have done that. <sighs> yeah, it's – it's I don't know.
0: It's good that they're combining some of them, I guess. I think it's weird that, how they set it up. I think I also think it's weird that they say there's not a brand split, but then they named one the gold – brand and the blue brand for these brackets i know that's probably not what they were trying to do but that's what it kind of seems like with the way that they've separated the tournament between two different
1: shows yeah it's weird um all right so for the gold tournament which is the ones that are presented on dynamite we have john moxley swerve strickland mark briscoe roosh Jay lethal and Jay white Fucking awesome wrestlers on there all the way around. Uh, and then on the Blue League, which is presented on Rampage and mostly Collision, we have Brian Danielson, Andrade El Ídolo, Brody King, Claudio, Daniel Garcia, and Eddie Kingston. Um, and so far, well, we'll just let me, I'll look up the standings, Chris, but. How do you like the, you know, uh, gold and, and blue teams themselves specifically? And, um, what do you think about this tournament? This round Robin tournament? Uh, I, I personally think it's a lot of fun. I like it. And I understand that probably a lot of it is the fact that Brian Danielson realizes him and a G one's not as possible. And now they can kind of have their, you know, around what Robin one over here in the States available. So I get that uh but do you like uh both leagues and um i don't know i don't know i don't know if really heavily going into this after the pay-per-view was the smartest idea that's my still my biggest gripe.
0: yeah i think that was my biggest problem is all of these people had storylines that you could have potentially built off of coming out of the pay-per-view but i like all of the performers in the tournament and i like a lot of the matchups there um if i had to pick the finals if i was just making a bold prediction it'll probably be swerve versus kingston and we'll probably get some we'll get uh, that that i think is probably going to be what happens but it you know you could go either way with that do, does hangman come back and like destroy swerve and it takes him out of the tournament like there's there's ways to get around that if they don't want to do that but Based on how they've been pushing Swerve, I would I would assume that he's going to win the tournament, and I don't necessarily love that idea
2: for the reasons I pointed out earlier. I kind of wish that he would be past that and move towards the main event picture. Yeah, no, I, I, I can agree with you on that. Um, but yeah, this tournament,
1: pretty awesome. Uh, we definitely have within the gold side... Uh, Couple, couple big winners, uh, as far as Moxley, you know, having two wins. Um, Swerve, unfortunately. No, no, not, not Swerve. Swerve also being, uh, one of the leading. And then Bruch at, uh, Lust's first match and won his second match. Uh, Jay White, same thing. And then you have Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal.
2: Both have not won one, uh, match so far. So, pretty, uh, pretty interesting. Mark Briscoe has won
0: all the matches in my heart uh, with these promos. He's been cutting.
1: (laughs) So. Got lots of love. And the blue side, I I don't watch Collision as often, so I'll have to find out that information. But um, I, I can look up that stuff. But, like, seriously, cool concept. Definitely looking forward to it. And I'm surprised. I don't know every detail because Tony said them about 60 times in the press conference. Like I said. You know. So they're doing. The thing about the G1
0: is it lasts like two months. Are they trying to wrap this thing up by the pay-per-view? Because I
1: haven't really it, That's that exactly much. what they're doing.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't. For like a big, like for like a G1 tournament, you expect like the 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 winners bracket to. The the top two finalists have usually went through eight matches, thereabouts. They've wrestled everyone in their bracket, and then they go into the finals. I don't know how
2: they're going to do that in 30 days. I have no idea. Unless they're only going to show tournament shit on all of their shows.
1: I think that's what they're doing. They're literally having straight just tournaments, like three matches per show. They had two on rampage last night. So, and I think collisions three, they had three on, you know, and they only have, like I said, the gold's only on the, the bigger program It's on dynamite where they kind of split up the three hours with rampage. And, um, ah, what's the other damn show, uh, collision for, uh, the blue league. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. I don't know
0: that. It seems like the G1 lasts longer than that, but maybe because they wrestle like I'm not going to call them house shows because they all are recorded, but they're wrestling like four times a week and switching between A and B. And those hour, those shows are like four hours apiece. So obviously, this is a smaller bracket. I'm just kind of curious on. I, I'm assuming we get to see them wrestle everyone in their bracket.
2: Yep, and just the update, uh, I found the
1: Wrestling Observer had the uh, updated uh, points. John Moxley is winning with six, tied with Swerve, so both of them are winning with six points. Jay White and and Roosh, like I said, three points. Jay Lethal is at zero, and so is Mark Briscoe. All of them have had two matches. Now, it's different with Blue because stuff is happening this weekend – um ma- major stuff i should say tonight claudio has three points uh, he's had one match Brody king three points one match eddie kingston has had one match and he lost it so he's got zero points kind of uh, wondering if he should have put his titles within there but anyways you know he, he the whole comeback thing he's definitely one of my choices for winning so i'm just kidding Daniel garcia Uh, zero points he's had one match and he lost Uh, brian danielson hasn't had one yet Uh, there was a buy for some reason with him and andrade but they're both at zero points so there we go that's the continental classic so we'll we'll see what happens uh, until the big pay-per-view at the end of this month
0: so me and you are still unsure if they're combining all these titles to become the continental championship
1: that, that's what I was under the impression. But that's weird that New Japan would be like, "Yeah, fuck it, you can take the uh, our U.S. New Japan branch World Championship and throw it in there." Cause they it's, own Ring of Honor, so. Yeah, it's
0: it's weird because like they also haven't had like a power show since August. So I don't know if that's getting if they're trying to disband.
1: Are they just trying to make Ring of Honor not have a world championship
2: anymore? So, AW that. is their top one, you know? It, it kind of
0: seems that way. It seems like maybe they're getting – I mean if this, if this goes through the way we think it is and they're combining those titles, there's no heavyweight title. Samoa Joe just basically gave up the TV title. Or are they just going to kill off Ring of Honor altogether?
1: not 100 percent sure
0: um
1: but yeah because
0: i could see them doing that they're moving to 12 pay-per-views next year maybe they're just gonna do like an ecw one night stand for ring of honor with ring of honor type matches as a pay-per-view and just be like hey we own the video rights because i'm sure it's not they're already booking three shows with ring of honor put on top of it i don't know what ring of Honor subscription numbers look like and how many people are actively watching that show, but I have not heard a whole lot of people fucking talking about that show uh, on, boy, your mainstream podcasts or just like in general on the internet, you don't hear a lot of people talking about Ring of Honor uh, as a show unless they have a pay-per-view and then on the pay-per-view they're bringing in mostly people from Dynamite like the, at least the last few so they may just be ready to kill that thing off completely and this could be the start of that if they if they really are getting rid of that that would be very unfortunate to see the ring of honor title go by the wayside especially with the lineage and everyone that's held it a lot of people that are big stars in both companies have held that title Um, but I guess everything has an expiration date
2: I guess I don't know it's
1: it's a bit strange I guess we're going we're gonna to see at the end of this tournament where that's going to go. So I'm sure they're going to give more information. Maybe they'll actually, like, I, I could be completely wrong. But that's, I thought that's what they were basically alluding to. Um, sometimes, honestly, it's not even Excalibur's fault. They'll have so much going on. He's trying to explain things, but he's going to go so fast. So I don't even know what the fuck he said.
0: It, it reminds me of WCW with Tony Schiavone trying to have to explain the shit. So it's funny that those two are in commentary together because like WCW would do shit like that where they would strip titles and then put out new versions of the titles. And then just like especially towards the end of WCW where it's like I have no fucking clue what's going on with this show like at all as far as like the title picture is concerned. I know I know I know who the heavyweight champion is. I guess that's all that really matters. But um Yeah, I mean, they still have other... They have the Ring of Honor trios titles. They have the fucking Ring of Honor TV title that they'll have to deal with. They have the Ring of Honor women's title that I think Athena still has. Like, they have... If you were going to do that, it would have made more sense to do, like, a Night of Champions um, instead of just doing this with the Ring of Honor heavyweight title, unless you're just going to make all of the other titles defunct. Which is... I don't know. It's just weird. And they have not done a great job of explaining the future plans for Ring of
2: Honor in general even before this tournament started. Chris, my biggest thing in all of this,
1: if a person were to get both the international title and the continental title, would they be the intercontinental champion of AEW? That's the other thing. Is like, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so you need to, It's it's more so. Uh, from from what I gather, at least, international seems like more the intercontinental, and I guess this is more of a U.S. because Ring of Honor is a U.S. based company, and that's the U.S. version of New. I don't. I'm just fucking reaching. I have no idea, but we got a lot of titles. It's a lot of titles.
0: Are you saying it's almost like this company should have done a brand split and a draft, maybe?
1: It's crazy how we would just go around and then all of a sudden it becomes much more. Um, I don't know. There's good reasons to have a, a draft split sometimes. I mean, we essentially do in the goddamn company, but yeah. But they've openly said they don't want to do that.
0: It's just. It's so. It's just weird. Like, I don't know. They have way too many titles. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's We'll see how Collision does. You have Georgia versus Alabama, which I'm sure is going to pull like 30 million fucking viewers. Uh, Yeah. Assuming that number will be in the tank again. I know it did not do well against Survivor Series, which I kind of assumed it wouldn't. They did a three-hour block of AEW last Saturday. So it's uh it's been, it's been some tough sledding from them um
1: now people they got killed by smackdown a couple of weeks ago yeah well yeah smackdown's a hot show but
0: see and the thing is is they just got randy orton back so it's not like it's gonna get any better <laughs> if they end up having to move time slots at all it's gonna be rough um yeah, I, it's weird. I, I like AEW. I think they have a really good product. So you could definitely make the argument that Dynamite is probably the show as far as the, the must-watch show with the best wrestling on it. I'm assuming that it's going to win the Observer Award for best TV show.
2: Um, but we go through spells where there's just no storylines for me to care about.
1: Yeah. I like, I like really awesome matches and I'm very happy that WWE on the other side of it has incorporated a couple of matches that you definitely want to see or that you talk about afterwards. Maybe they are not as intricate or, or whatnot or technical, but you know, even like the Otis and we'll, we'll talk about that, uh, Otis and, um what the hell's his name? Um, let's say Jonah rock, but that's his indie name, but that was a fucking fun match. But anyways, uh, yeah. I lost a direction in my brain, Chris. Kind of fucking so help me out? I don't know what the hell's going on. Losing it. Well, yeah, I mean, we wrapped up the tournament,
0: kind of talked about we don't know what the hell's going on, really. Um, this would be a good yeah. time. We were talking about this a little bit earlier with the women's division. Outside of these tournament matches, this is a good time to build up the women's division. Give them some promo time. You know, like... If you're when you're looking at like Britt Baker having that conversation and being like, "Hey, stop putting us in a dead spot." Now would be the time to open the show up with some cool women shit.
1: Why not? Shit, or a return of maybe both her and Thunder Rosa, and give uh, some of the other popular ones more time. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's Crazy to me. Uh, what yep. are you gonna do? Oh. But, yeah, this
0: is the perfect – they have a lot of time to fill on a weekly basis. They have this tournament going on. Now would be the perfect time to sprinkle in some things that you normally wouldn't sprinkle in. Like you're still going to have the Christian storyline that's still going to be going. You're still going to have the MJF storyline stuff going. Um, But try to cut their promos down a little bit and put in – sprinkle in some more women's wrestling.
2: Um, I I agree with you. Yeah. All right, so – I'll, I'll
1: specifically ask you i thought all three of the continental matches uh were actually really good john moxley and jay lethal had a great match i mean i wasn't happy that jay lost but definitely at the end they had a lot of reversals where i they they kind of got me uh one time i thought that jay was going to win it uh, i think i really liked roosh and mark briscoe not as technical much more just hard hitting both of these guys if you hit them pretty hard they just get more and more snug And they beat the shit out of each other. Once again, one of them had a win, one of them had a lose, and they both had a loss beforehand. So fortunately, I hope we see Mark Briscoe have like a little bit more of a climb um, out of this uh, hole. And then the, of course, uh, last match that we had on the paper or pay-per-view on the whole entire thing was, sorry, I can't get to it. Swerve Strickland and Jay White, who also had a pretty damn good match, um, with like I said, Swerve winning. Um, yeah, I thought these guys really tore it up too. Um, I like Swerve because if he, as he's been presented, I mean, between Killshot and Eric Fox, all the way to what he did with um, you know Hangman Page, he's great at brawling. He's great at high flying, so he can interact with, you know, like he did as Killshot once again, with a lot of the other high flyers. Uh, if you want a more in a tentacle match like this, where Jay, who has a lot of those qualities himself, they can kind of just do work on stuff like that. So I thought these guys had a good match. But my favorite one was Mark Briscoe uh, and Roosh. Uh, which was your favorite match out of the three for the uh, tournament itself, Chris? Probably Mark Briscoe and Roosh.
0: I did really like the, uh, the swerve and, uh, blah, 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 blah. Why am I slipping now? Jesus. Uh, the swerve and Jay White match. I didn't like that Jay Wyatt lost at the pay-per-view and then lost his first tournament match, especially considering what swerve went through. I thought maybe he could have sold like how brutal that match was a little more. Um, So
2: that one kind of knocked it down a little bit. So Mark Briscoe, uh, the Mark Briscoe match was probably my favorite so far. Yeah, and I would say the other big thing that came out of Dynamite, I mean, there were
1: smaller stuff perhaps throughout the night um, other than the tournament. uh, Specifically, where are we? Sorry, if you guys can't tell, I'm reading this. MJF uh, and Samoa Joe kind of MJF kind of almost bitching out and and Adam Cole calling him uh, out for that um, you know presented with the match itself kind of coming into this week we had him attacked and Samoa Joe kind of wants him at his best so at the end of it him getting attacked Samoa Joe coming out to help him and then this devil uh, coming on the screen and saying that he wants a match between I don't know if it's part of his entourage or if he's going to be one of the people, but against Samoa Joe and MJF. So that will be interesting next week, Chris.
0: Yeah, that's the one hook for next week's show is do we find out who the devil is? That's what they're what they're going with the tournament and that. Um, I like the is idea. It Vince McMahon? <laughs> that'd be amazing. But no, I don't think, I don't think so. It's Larry David. <laughs> <laughs> shit maybe maybe it's Dolph Ziggler
2: <laughs> possibility
0: no, kidding but um yeah it's I, I don't know I'm definitely going to tune in to watch that I like uh I like the idea that Samoa Joe is just going to bodyguard MJF since MJF is hurt right now and got to hill up before that pay-per-view that's uh that's a very Samoa Joe ass thing to do, and I'm I'm
1: here for it. So I'm looking forward to that. He doesn't want any 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 bitching and complaining after he beats him, basically. Like no 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 no. Yeah. I'll make sure you're up to at least fucking seventy percent before I choke your ass out.
0: On commentary, they need to start pointing out the fact that MJF did kind of cheat to beat Samoa Joe to begin with. Right. I don't think they've done a good job of, you know, Samoa Joe shook his hand and was like, hey, you got me. But like Joe's going to try to kill this man. (laughs) So (laughs) they should really be pointing that out a little more on commentary. He fucked up. He he pissed Sweet Tooth off. So good luck with it, MJF.
1: And his voice sounds even scarier than Will Arnett. Um, So Wardlow killed AR Fox. I uh, just murdered him. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting sick of, like, the knockout ref stop thing. I uh, don't Whatever. Um, and then we got the return of, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Dante Martin, which was cool, but now the Hardys are cannon fodder for returning Dante Martin in his hometown. All right, whatever. But them and uh, Action Dready went against the two of them and Zay. That was fine. Uh, Julia Hart had a good match against Amy Sakura, who's always entertaining, and Julia won. And, uh, yeah, Christian! <laughs> I forgot about this. This motherfucker. Uh, so Edge comes out, piss and vinegar, challenges Christian to a title shot in December 6th when they're in Montreal. And Christian comes out, who now has nobody because... They've gotten taken out by Edge or or whatever. Um, You know, comes out, and he kind of, like, starts bringing up personal stuff involving Edge's mom just, you know, but, like, trying to, like, get back on his good good graces, but just being a fucking conniving bastard like he is. And uh, Edge wasn't having it. Uh, You know, he wanted to now get the tag team back together. Uh, That was definitely not going to happen, and he basically... Uh, you know, I, edges and, I keep on calling them edge. Adam Copeland's intensity. Sometimes really good. And this is a situation where it worked for me and kind of put some more uh, fire within this fuel. And as crazy as it sounds, they have not actually wrestled each other that many times in their career. Um, so obviously around the time when they originally broke up, but, it's going to be cool now that they're both, you know, kind of legends, single stars, one's a heel, one's a baby face for them to really have a match. And we're having it in a couple of weeks. I think it's in two weeks in Montreal. So that will be interesting, Chris.
0: Yeah. I expect a fuck finish out of that match and a reset for the pay-per-view, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying the storyline so far. I like that, uh, rated r superstar himself i'm just going to roll with that so i don't call him edge uh is out here murdering people set up this set up this match with christian um i'm wondering if edge is real brief god damn it <laughs> adam copeland is rethinking this whole uh i'm gonna go to AEW thing because so far christian has kind of looked like the bigger star and i think that's partially that fan base um but yeah, I agree with you. When, when Adam Copeland is able to get his intensity across, that's the the Copeland you kind of want, and they're doing their best to make that a thing. But Christian is maybe the best heel on the planet right now. <laughs> so it's kind of a... Kinda, it. Kind of <laughs> seeing it. It's weird seeing those two have this kind of feud because it really makes you think, like, who was actually better? Was it Christian or was it Edge?
1: Yeah, no, uh, I agree with you. They're 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 both great, and uh, Christian kind of was the the second guy in a lot of people's uh, eyes. And um, between him going to TNA and ended up becoming a, a pretty big wrestler with within there, and getting the NWA title, and then the TNA or the TNA title, and just being a huge heel. Uh, coming back to WWE, getting the World fucking title. Um, he just had one hell of a career and has been, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of similar to how I feel about Jeff Jarrett. It's like, he's so, you want to fucking punch him. <laughs> I, you know, it's, he's, he's got that heat. Uh, he's got a very punchable face and he's a great technical wrestler too. Great heel wrestler. Yeah,
0: he he really is. I'm, I'm holding out hope that we'll get one more Christian versus Kenny Omega match. Cause that was fucking phenomenal. So. Maybe down the line before they wrap things up. I want one more of those. Pretty please, AEW,
1: make that happen. Yeah, that would definitely be awesome. All right. Um, let's talk about uh, Survivor Series. Let's go uh, over to WWE. We had a pay per view um, over in Illinois, uh, Rosemont at the Allstate Arena. And uh, this was War Games. I got to say, Chris. I don't know how you'll feel about this, but since we do have the brand split itself, and I know the war games matches themselves take a long time. I still would love just one traditional match. Like I know we're trying to get away from them, but at the same time, I don't know. I, I, there is an aspect of them being associated with survivor series for a couple of people that don't have something to do kind of having it more as like the, the starter, I guess. But I don't know. Do I, I, you feel differently about that?
0: I tend to not like the Survivor Series match because it's like one person gets pinned and then you're at a disadvantage. And it usually is kind of the same format, with the exception of when they do something really dumb like Jerry the King Lawler's Court versus, you know, Doink and the multiple dinks. Um, but it would be a good way to get a bunch of people involved. Like, it, you could kind of do it like the Andre the Giant Battle Royal.
1: Could you put you it, a match on the pre-show?
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. If you do it like the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, make that your yeah. big pre-show, match. Anyone that doesn't have something, like, for instance,
1: Kevin Owens wasn't on the show. He could have led a team versus,
0: you know, whoever.
2: Yeah, do one women's, do one men's, and that's the two matches you have on your pre-show. I like that idea. All right. But, uh, anyways, uh, this Survivor Series was great.
1: Um, at least the Survivor Series matches were. I'm not saying any of the matches were bad, but some were better than others. And there wasn't a lot, and it was to the point, and it wasn't so fucking long. So I really appreciated it. Started off with a bang. We had Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi and Becky going against damage control Bailey Asuka, Eoskai and Kari Stane with Dakota Kai at ringside um, yeah i mean i one of my favorite things was Kari Stane with the giant garbage can lid and just fucking you know back elbowing that thing into people's faces that was a a lot of fun i i i thought the women killed it um just there was a uh, pic- there was a video i should say on uh twitter and and instagram of the women all being set up in the middle all the heels uh or no no it was the opposite the baby faces were in the middle it was becky bianca and i believe charlotte and all from all four sides they all did drop kicks kari sane uh Asuka, bailey and it just looked devastating from the the uh Position of the camera that they had—they had like an overhead shot, so just a lot of fun, lots of backflips off the fucking top part, uh, including Charlotte that did it, and I swear to God, my knees instantly like just buckled when when she did that and hit the the fucking thing. Uh, but yeah, they they all beat the shit out of each other. We had a, a hug spot that I didn't hate, Chris, but that's because of you know history with. Real history between uh, Becky and Charlotte, and who knows if it's all for show, but that was pretty cool. Overall, I, I really enjoyed the match and um, I, had, I had a lot of fun with it. So I, I, I really feel like Becky, or not Becky, uh, Bailey, based on the last couple episodes and her fucking up, uh, I, I think we're going to have a babyface Bailey soon. Um, I, I feel like she's about to get her ass kicked. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Dakota Kai's also kicked to the curb. Um, but I could be wrong. Maybe their are their own um, uh, Asian, Indonesian based uh,
2: four horsewomen.
1: Sure.
0: This is kind of unfair because Bailey, <laughs> Bailey saved the match multiple times and was in the match the longest <laughs> for them to. Uh, Blame her for the loss, but I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, oh, I
1: mean, I EO's, EO's pissed at her, man. He, she won't like give her any type of credit.
0: Oh. Yeah, well, Bailey was great in this fucking match. She sold her ass off, and like I said, was in there the longest. I thought Becky looked really good coming back from her return. Charlotte Flair is a fucking absolute monster. Always has been, always will be. Um, poor EO ate a fucking knee off that moonsault. I don't know if you saw the photos. Yeah. Athletes, where she basically got rug burn on her forehead. Uh, Charlotte is crazy because she didn't most people when they're doing that spot to get caught, they try to land, you know, flat out where they can catch you. She still when she does her moonsault, she always tries to land on her feet in case in case people miss catching her if they if she would have overjumped completely and tried to land on her feet she would have broke both her legs there's no way that's i don't, know.
3: Oh,
0: I, I don't necessarily know that i would have charlotte doing that spot uh, but whatever she's one of the greatest so uh, my wife made a good point when all is said and, said and done is ba- is is charlotte going to go down as the greatest female performer if not one of the greatest wrestlers of all time when they throw her in the hall of fame and i was like yeah you know there's definitely
1: an argument that could be made. I I kind of tend to agree with that uh that statement, but
2: when you when because... you think about
0: like big ass matches, like big pay-per-view matches, like I mean her and Becky are kind of right up there with any of the current men that they have on that roster.
1: Isn't it crazy if you think about this? And I mean who else Maybe I'm forgetting people. I I know a lot of uh, wrestlers have children. But if you think about a lot of people still to this day will say Ric Flair overall for everything is the greatest pro wrestler of all time. And that's a hard thing to argue. And now within women's, Charlotte's on that comparison for women's wrestler. Like, is there any, you know, daughter or son from a male or female wrestler previously that are that level of caliber of athlete and fucking professional wrestler. I don't think there's, I, I don't
2: think it exists. Ooh.
1: Maybe,
0: maybe in other professional sports. <laughs> not, Poss- not, yeah, no, that's, possibly. Not maybe uh, like Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. Could maybe throw them up there. Though King King Griffey Senior was never as prolific as King Griffey Junior was, I'm, I'm just trying to think of like like even if you include all sports, um, hell, let's even extend it out to movies. Is there any like <laughs> is there anyone out there that's even done that in the film industry? I don't know. It is insane to think about. Um, you know, all of Ric Flair's kids wrestled. Charlotte is was ob- is obviously the fucking standout, which is kind of crazy to think about.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, dude. She's the David Von Erich, man. She's a fucking freak athlete. But anyways, let's continue.
1: I uh, really love the next match, man. I was very impressed by Miz. It's just more impressive. Not not because I don't think that he can wrestle well. I do, and I always kind of stick up for him. Um, but that he's good at being a baby face because that's essentially what he performed as in this match, Chris. And Guther would end up winning, but more so I think it was about respect, which still obviously hasn't been earned based on what happened on Raw. But, um, I mean, Miz got fucking chopped to hell. I really like the Bret Hart um, uh, figure four around the uh, post that the Miz pulled on him. Uh, I was scared for him, and he definitely did what Bret Hart, how he fucked his head up at first, and uh, WCW doing that, is that when you go to grab the feet to lock it, you hit your fucking head on the way down on the cement, and he did that. But other than that, you know, I, I don't think that affected him, and it was a fun match. And Gunther uh, is one of the best wrestlers in the fucking world, dude. I mean, uh, Miz did a great job. He's one of the best heels. For very similar to how, you know, we're seeing MJF perform as it's weird seeing such a great heel now work as a baby face and they're doing it well. It's just, it's just kind of, it's strange, but what do you think about this match? I like the
0: match. Um, it's one of those things where I never thought in a million years, Miz would win. So that kind of takes you out of it a little bit has to do with the fact that he'd lost like 82 matches in a row. If you remember me going over that stat line like a a month or so back. Um, Outside of that, I thought it was a really good match. I do like that, you know, even Miz, even though he was working as a babyface, he tried to do all the chicken shit heel stuff he could. Like he pulled out, I mean, he low-blowed Gunther, right? Like he he tried. (laughs) He removed the turnbuckle uh, pad. Like he did pretty much everything that you could do. Uh, and still couldn't beat Gunther. I will say he chopped the shit out of Gunther as well, which is not normal for Miz. Uh, but Gunther had some handprints, so he wasn't he wasn't being a big softy in this match. Uh, Miz's kicks still looked like shit, and that was a big focus of this match. That kind of takes me out of it. Um, but yeah, it was fun seeing the. Uh, they called it the Bret Hart spot, and I'm assuming that's because Ric Flair is signed to AEW now. But that's that's a fucking Ric Flair spot. I know that Bret Hart did it in the Stone Cold match and in a few other instances, but that's—I mean—Flair started it, so to me, that's
2: a Flair spot. Yeah,
1: no, I—I I, I agree. <clears throat> It's—it has to be a Flair spot. I'm—I'm I'm trying to think because I—I I do remember Flair's done that around the ring post, right?
0: Yeah, Flair did it around the ring, but he used to do it to Dusty around the ring post. I mean, he's done it. I, I, Yeah,
1: for some reason, I'm thinking of St- Steamboat he did to him. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. definitely been a Flair spot. Yeah, so, I, I mean, it's it's fine. But
0: it, this is a small nitpick of mine. I was like, the hard spots, it's Flair spots. Figure four around the ring post. <laughs> but I get why they wouldn't necessarily want to say that. This is a small, nit, small nitpick. Uh, I thought I thought Michael Cole was really good on this show, and I did not like Corey Graves on this show. By the way, on the I agree. I don't know what Corey if Corey was just off, but I don't know. He he didn't um, he didn't do much for me on this one as far as commentary goes.
1: All right, so our next match. Um, so what originally was supposed to happen within the feud, Carlito was uh, defending the honor of Rey Mysterio against Santos Escobar. Fortunately, I guess Carlito, like, tweaked something, um, not 100%, so Dragon Lee was put in place to go against them, and they had a really good match. I mean, they had less than 10 minutes to be able to perform it, but um, Dragon Lee is a really great luchador. He is. Um, this was this was good. I That's one thing I will definitely say AEW has, I think, over... Uh, WWE is the the quality of luchadors. And it's the fact that they have an open relationship with AAA. They they also work with CMLL, so we've seen the best of everything. And then the wrestlers they have in-house, Pentagon, who also does shit with all of them, are some of the most popular luchadors. But they're starting to really build um, a great amount of of good wrestlers in that uh, area. And I thought these guys had a good match. And I'm really liking heel Santos Escobar. I think that he's pretty pretty I kind of liked him better as the the, the more mob boss that he was going for beforehand in NXT. Now it's kind of like he's more unhinged and just wants to like, you know, fuck people up, but I still think that he's better as a heel than a babyface. Maybe it's his voice. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you, and the times that we've seen
3: him
0: as a babyface so far has just been him for some reason protecting Rey Mysterio. Like I don't, I don't know. So maybe it's a little hard harder for me to judge, but I, I like that character specifically had in NXT a lot better than the babyface run. So I am glad to see him return as a heel. Uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. said he's hanging it up soon. So is that his final match? You think that's
2: going to be the one? wow Santos do you think that career taking the no, mask I, or something i would assume
1: that it would be at mania which is now i mean what the fuck's going on with mania and the potential of how big this next one's going to be which is 40 i believe um could his retirement match be a part of that as well like that would be one hell of a send-off
2: could be
0: I mean, if he's going, I mean, he's not going to stick around for a whole nother year, so we might see that. Um, and if Escobar retires, him is that a good out for you to turn Dom and Rhea babyface? They go, do you go down that road as well? Like, because we already have the bubbling up with Damian Priest and uh, God, I, why why do I want to say Drew Gallows, Drew McIntyre, um, and and Finn and and Damian have also had their problems. Is it going to be the disbandment of that group? And then, you know, going forward, could you have Escobar versus Dom? Dom becomes like a little sentimental about his someone taking his dad out that isn't him. Uh, so I, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with that storyline. Uh, sucks, Carlito wasn't able to do the match, but I think it it worked out fine. Dragon Lee's a phenomenal fucking wrestler, like you said. Short match, kind of like a TV match, but uh, good stuff in the match itself, and a good break uh, between some some of the action. WWE does a good job of of putting those matches together. Like they know that that match is not going to be as popular as some of the other things they have on the show, but it's also not boring enough that people are going to you know go get beers or
2: whatever. Yeah, and I I will say. The fact that instead of embracing it, they kind of
1: take away a lot of the, I don't know, the over overdoing it within Lucha Libre with WWE, it kind of, it it really reminds me of Lucha Libre on Nitro back in the 90s, you know, they're not just doing fucking just crazy thing, you know, bouncing off a rope and shit like that, so these two specifically, it did remind me kind of like one of those 90s Monday Nitro, you know, 1997 pair ups, uh, just a really good TV, uh, kind of more older school Lucha Libre match. So um, definitely enjoyed it. Good stuff. Yeah,
0: I mean, they're, they're going to always have a hard time getting over, especially match luchas in WWE, because even their big guys can do Lucha spots. You know what I mean? And they want to yeah. re- they want wrestling in a WWE style, uh, so like you know you, you, their heavyweight champion Seth Rollins does a lot of lucha spots, so it's kind of like it's kind of they've yeah. always had that problem, with the exception of Rey Mysterio Jr., who is probably the greatest luchador of all time. Uh, you know that's. That's going to be a tough spot, and it's kind of the opposite. Well, it's not the opposite in AEW, but they just lean into it where, like, everyone does spots all the time. So every match is kind of a lucha match to some extent, especially when you talk about referees, because they obviously don't give a fuck.
1: No, not at all. (sighs) Almost did, like, the uh, Jim Cornette,
0: though.
2: All
1: right.
0: Doesn't like Lucha Wrestling to begin with, so <laughs> that would spin into a whole nother conversation.
2: Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so the next match we had uh, Rhea Ripley going against Zoe Starks. I thought Zoe looked good.
1: I think I do remember, and I could be wrong, so I don't mean to. Uh, say anything about about zoe i thought there was like two parts where something fucked up in the match um but either way i mean it's another win for rhea and it goes and gives the perception that well if she won this one maybe the guys are gonna win theirs and damien might cash in which they did attempt doing that and you know her team's on top but nope Visit man swerve. You think it's gonna be good. No, nah, fuck that. That's 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 where Triple H learned that. Um what's your hometown? Works against you, bitch. you. <laughs> Anyways. So what did you think about this match with Rhea Ripley and Zoe Starks? I fucking love Rhea Ripley. Just wanna let you know that.
0: Uh, I love love mommy as well. Rhea's great. Um I thought this was a fun match. Uh, nothing too... They, there was a couple of like little slip-ups, but nothing too egregious. Loved Rhea's ring gear. I thought that was really cool, the ring gear and makeup. I thought that looked fucking pretty sick. I love that her and Dom's ring gear matched. That was a nice touch between those two. Uh, th- and, and they brought it up on commentary, so shout out to the commentating team on that to point that out, but... Yeah, it was a good match. I didn't expect anything different here. Zoe Stark's, I think, is uh, still kind of learning the ropes a little bit. I think she's bad, but you know, to me, still a little green. Um, don't know where she goes from here, and I don't really know what's next for Rhea. You got Becky back. Are they gonna do Rhea versus Becky? Like, it, I don't, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Where, where are they gonna go? What's next for Rhea?
2: Oof. Um. Trying to think of all the women on Raw. We got a lot of them. God, why do I feel like it's gonna be Nia Jax? Is wait, see, I always get confused on
0: who's on what show, especially right after War Games. Is Becky on SmackDown? Because I'm pretty sure she should be. I don't remember where Becky is. I thought
2: she was on Raw.
0: It would make sense that she's on Raw, and then you have Charlotte on SmackDown, right? And
2: yeah. She's because they
1: borrowed be- her from Raw. That's right. Yes. They're still okay. going to be doing damage
0: control Charlotte storyline with Bailey on there. On Raw, I'm assuming that Becky is going to go after Rhea.
1: Um,
2: well, the right, B- So
0: her
1: and Raquel aren't finished. Uh, obviously, her and Nia Jax could be a possibility. They can go back to Shayna. I'm trying to think of like someone new and fresh. Um, Bianca, Bianca. Bianca's on SmackDown,
0: so. I forgot. See, that's what I'm saying is they, I don't. I, I guess
1: maybe try Jade if she's ready. Uh, I don't know.
0: That would be interesting. That's a hoss match right there. Big win she's going to lose. Beat.
1: Jade has to lose in that situation. So I don't know if it would be the best thing. I don't know.
2: I mean, does it she? she just,
0: though. just win. No. I mean, what, it's not gonna hurt Rhea. I mean, it's gonna piss the fans off, but then you just make Jada heal, which she's gonna be better at anyways. So you could do that. They haven't done that in a yeah, long that's... time. Have big home run
2: swing right off the rip. Uh, like the last time they did that was Kevin Owens beating Cena. Yeah. Well, anyways, um, sorry. My, my brain just like fell off. I'm
1: trying to, I don't know why my phone, I need a new phone, man. This this one's just keeps on messing up. sending me back to the, uh, reloading when it doesn't need to. It's great. So Jade being
0: held off as long off NXT TV and seemingly just training in the performance center every day. Do you think, I, I think she's going straight to the main roster, right? Me too. makes a lot of sense I'm excited to see what that's going to look like I, I've said in the past that I think that the WWE style will work better for her um, so I, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what she's going to look like when she shows up in WWE the fact that they're able to script out their matches a lot more and they're not they're not trying to hit a bazillion spots or have like 20 minute bangers not that there's anything wrong with that, what AEW does, but for Jade and where she's at in her career, it's probably,
1: I think that she's going to have
0: a better matches in WWE.
1: And I want to keep on doing the Haas thing. So the same place we have Zoe Starch, Shayna Baszler, uh, Nia Jax, obviously Rhea, put Jade there, and then fucking, like I said, sign Camille when she leaves NWA and put her on raw too. Fucking just all the amazons. I'm
2: I'm just All of them, Chris. WWE's killing
1: it with their women's division. So <laughs> it's uh... and they have two very distinct women's divisions. I wish their tag division was better, but I don't hate the tag champions. I really like Chelsea Green, so that's good.
0: Yeah, it's almost like they should get rid of the tag championship and then have like a mid-card women's title.
1: I'm down for As that too. Yeah.
0: As opposed to having like a focus on like trying to spend time on the tag division that just doesn't work, like change that to like a your women's version of the IC title or something, and then have that go across
1: both shows. I yeah, I can see that being very beneficial actually. I like that idea. Um, all right, so the last match. Um probably my favorite match, yeah, I would say on the card. Uh Cody Rhodes, Seth freaking Rollins, the champion, Jay Uso, Sami Zayn, and Randy Orton going against Judgment Day, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dom Mysterio, and JD McDonough, um, and Drew McIntyre. Uh this match was a lot of fucking fun, man. Um they were able to set up sp- you know some of the uh, friction between people within the group, but I mean it was it was uh, it was a violent affair. <laughs> I guess it's the best way to put it. And uh, I'm trying to remember like certain things. I think like the biggest thing I will say is the pop, the reception Randy Orton got when he first came in. You know, and they kind of had that. Is he gonna show up kind of lingering the whole entire time? Now, I will say at the same time, it doesn't make a lot of sense because you know, if if he's if they don't know he's gonna be there, but he or if, if he's actually there, you you would think that he would have just not made them wait. I don't know. I mean it's it's stupid like little nitpick stuff, but either way, him coming there looking jacked as fuck uh he wasn't in the whole entire match that long but it was enough to set up uh first them taking jd mcdonough and just chucking him off the top of the cage perfectly getting rko'd by randy at the bottom and then uh randy you know kind of handing damien to cody and getting uh you know crossroads the win and the babyfaces win this match um we'll talk about what happened obviously afterwards and this is going to be the big talking point i'm sure that a lot of you guys were waiting for us to talk about but first the actual match i thought these guys killed it they destroyed each other and um I, i'm really happy that drew mcintyre was in it i love that spot i think it was supposed to obviously but when they did the brothers of destruction slam, but they had like three people um, and it was just the two of them, so it was Drew and Damien, and they grabbed, like, a bunch of people together and did the spot that you would see Kane and uh, Undertaker do. Uh, but just, like I said, a lot of fun. A lot of fun in this match. Everyone looked pretty damn good. Uh, what would you think, Chris? I will
0: say that JD McDonough, someone needs to just calm him down a little bit. Because his last two, like, pay-per-view matches, I don't know if he's just getting in his own head or something, but he had a couple of fuck-ups um in the match i did like the spot where he tried to get the hell away from everybody at the end he pulled he channeled his inner austin theory <laughs> yeah <laughs> Scampered the pretty quickly which was great uh leading to the big you know orton rko which you know kind of saw coming but uh that was insane because he like went down way quicker than randy was ready for <laughs> on
3: that i don't know if
0: you noticed that so it's like he was like kind of already taking the bump when randy finally hit the rko like two inches from the mat uh which was insane so you got a cool rko spot i kind of agree with you i think the only reason they did that is because of what was coming later with punk so they didn't want to like overshadow randy's pop so they were trying to build in some dramas is he going to be here or is he not going to be here and is cm punk going to show up and be the member because they never actually confirmed it was going to be randy it's just that cody gave him a phone call so i think that's what they were trying to do there uh i thought dom looked pretty good in this match i love the spot where uh jd finn and dom all hit moves off the top rope at the same time i thought that was pretty cool
2: uh sammy went in first or no did sammy go in first who was in first i'm trying to remember
0: no, Sammy didn't go in first. He he came in, like, right after, uh, b- before Cody came in. Uh, I, I thought his run when he came in the match, like, fired up, was pretty cool. Like, it was a good match. It was really good. I don't know that I liked it better than the women's match, but it was fun. And it had, uh, mostly because when Randy came in, it just became, like, let's do Randy Orton shit, including, like, everyone <laughs> doing draping DDTs. Like, it was clearly to put over the fact that Randy was back towards the end of the match. But outside of that, it was really cool. I liked uh, Damian Priest hitting the uh, razor's edge through the table.
2: That was pretty sick. Fun match. Uh, completely overshadowed by what happened after it. Yeah, dude. Um that <laughs> was a fun match but there was something else that happened and Hunter is a son of a bitch this is something that he did in NXT he's done it a couple times
1: now in WWE where it will get to the ending you will have Michael Cole or whoever's leading you know say their thing right before the ending and then you see the WWE insignia on the screen in the in the right corner and then you're like so I'm I'm tired of had a couple beers I I, I enjoyed it I had a, I had a good time I liked the matches and I'm like Randy Orton he's fucking back I'm pumped I knew I did not think it was going to happen I kind of like There's no way punk's coming. Like, you know, I think that we would have heard it. Uh, I didn't believe when Triple H, one way or the other, uh, when Triple H shot it down not too long ago, because they wouldn't tell us regardless. And they were able to keep this tightly uh, sealed. And afterwards, when we heard from Triple H um, at the uh, press conference, apparently he said it was definitely much more recent than people think. That they actually got this deal uh, finalized. But Cult of Personality came on, and I was like, wait, what? Like, it totally took me off guard. Um, didn't see that coming. And to see, oh man, him come out, Chicago blow the fuck up. Yeah, obviously, it's in his hometown. He's going to get a huge reaction uh, there, but the audience just completely embrace him. And just at the end of it, before they go off, he kind of does this, like this battle cry. I, it's, it's what Stone Cold Steve Austin always says. It's like that energy that you get from the audience, that adulation. Like if you could bottle that up, you'd be able to sell it. And Phil might not do drugs, but that's the closest that he'll have for that fucking feeling. But, you know, we all know what happened on the other end. And was it a work, brother, brother, or was it not a work? Seth Rollins was not happy. Uh, while Jay Uso uh, and Randy Orton didn't give a shit apparently behind him, just kind of chucking it up, you know, he's getting held back by Michael Cole, who's flicking off CM Punk. Someone did a side-by-side shot of while it's happening in real time, how it was going on. So there's actually, it's where CM Punk kind of like, I guess, realizes he's doing it and is kind of like, you know, I don't know if he blew him a kiss or just waved hi to him, uh, but that stirred up a lot of internet talk. CM Punk is back. Just came out, you know, made his presence known, and it just fucking blew up, man. I mean, the crazy thing is, is that it was being covered on everything. I was seeing YouTubers that I had no idea, or, or people on Instagram, you know, that I follow. Um, influencers, if you will, uh, talking about this shit. And I mean, I, I guess he got some of that when he went to AEW, but the fact that the common fan or or, uh, especially people that don't watch it as much anymore, uh, WWE CM Punk, they associate that it created a buzz. It was the most YouTube rewatches out of anything that they've ever had on WWE, Uh, Busted Open, episodes, and they're still the number one wrestling podcast on SiriusXM, and one of the top, I think, sports, just in general. Uh, Their numbers were up just because they were covering this every fucking day. Um, People made it a big deal. That's all I got to say, but Punk is back in the WWE, and as someone that is his friend on Friday on Busted Open... Thunderosa Rosa said she was really happy for Phil and that she loves him, but to her, this is his last fucking chance in wrestling. Um, And what she meant by that was, I mean, this is, it's so amazing that this somehow happened. I mean, it really is hell freezing over, as he would say, as, as Mr. Paul Levesque in the picture of them pointing at each other would post, and say the exact same thing on Twitter. Never thought I would see this happening. Now, the difference between me and you, Chris, I got back into wrestling because of Punk and the mystique that he had to him, and hearing the promo he cut, the pipe bomb, the infamous pipe bomb. Uh, But you lived through that whole entire thing, so the reception that people gave him, the fact, did you, I mean... I think me and you were both, there's no fucking way. And did it, did it uh, take you off guard when it actually happened?
0: No, I mean, no, not really. I, I mean, it would have been more off guard if it would have happened before he went to AEW, but then he went to AEW and worked there and had a very shitty exit and seemed like he fucking hated everybody that works there. <laughs> And if there's one thing we know about CM Punk, he's a little vengeful. So when they rumored Survivor Series, I mean, I think we talked about this months ago being in Chicago after he got fired. I was like, he's probably just going to fucking show up. Cause I remember talking about, I was like, I wonder if Tony bought the music and is he going to come out to like an AFI tune or do something, or is he going to come back to his old, old tune? Turns out, I guess that he, he just has the rights to that song. much like uh, uh edge. Um, but yeah, like, I, I wasn't surprised just because of the way everything ended in AEW. I mean, even if Punk doesn't want to work there, like, at the same time, he's like, fuck you guys, which is a very CM Punk thing to do. So, not, uh, not entirely surprised. Also, Vince is no longer in charge. I'm sure they're going to give Punk a very limited schedule. He's going to make probably as much money, if not more, than he was making in AEW. He'll probably get a pick who he wants to work with, Seth being the first one. Um, All of that shit seemed like a work to begin with, with Seth kind of like talking negatively about him at first and then saying he wanted to work with him if he does come to WWE and then this whole tantrum at the end of the match. Punk coming back to WWE is a bigger deal than him going to AEW. It just is. It's it's bigger because of the legacy kind of left in WWE and how that thing ended, and how no one thought it would ever happen. Um, now, will it move WWE's ratings that much? I don't know. They're they're really hot right now, right? So it may give them a big gust of wind heading to Rumble and Mania. All that stuff's going to be exciting. I know one thing. WrestleMania is going to be fucking insane this year. <laughs> with it, with it, all of the talent they have there uh, the way they've built their champions up uh you got Cody versus Roman more than likely the potential of the rock being there potential of stone cold being there you got punk back um, it's going to be a big wrestlemania it's going to do a possibly stupid cena, amount of
2: possibly cena possibly brock <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got a uh, they got a big wrestlemania they're going to be swinging for the fences on that one so It's it's cool. Now, now, does this happen if WWE doesn't get bought and owned by Endeavor, a company that Punk also used to work for under the UFC banner, uh, ties with Dana White and all that stuff? Does it happen? I don't know. Like I said, uh, I don't think that he should have gotten fired for that last thing based on Jungle Boy being kind of an immature prick. Uh, And if he did get fired, I think Jungle Boy should also be fired if you're going to make that decision. So that's uh I don't know. I I would say AEW would grow to regret that, but at this point I don't think WWE is in competition with AEW. They've passed that. That that moment in history is gone. WWE has ran off and they're doing massive ratings. So it's not they're not even in the same fucking league anymore.
1: Yeah, I think WWE wants to be whatever. And actually, a lot of people don't know this last Raw. Hunter was not there. It was actually ran by uh, the red-faced man, um, Sir Bruce Prichard, uh, because Hunter was negotiating with the guys in Endeavor new TV rights. And we're going to find out where Raw is going to be uh, starting next year. Um That's interesting. One of the things kind of rumored for that, Chris, I don't know if you heard this is that Hunter might be trying to, if the option is that they, uh, the, the network would rather it be two hours, that that would be feasible. So kind of hoping that happens, uh, we'll see, but you know, now that raw has CM punk on it, it does add intrigue. I mean, it already has Cody on it and it has judgment day. But obviously Roman was definitely keeping people on SmackDown's products. So they have a lot of aces up their sleeves right now. It's getting really fucking impressive. Um, The Royal Rumble poster itself, which is just a bunch of floating heads in a circle that goes upside down all the way around it. But if you look at all the fucking stars on there that are, like I said, stars. It's and, and Logan Paul's on there. And also notably... It was uh, taken and uh, re-put on Twitter by Drew McIntyre and said, this is the stuff I'm talking about because uh, I didn't even realize that he wasn't on the fucking poster. So, <laughs> <laughs> I think Drew Galloway's coming back. I'm just trying to say, I don't know.
0: You know I, I'd be down to have, have see him have another impact run. I have zero faith in them being able to book him in fucking AEW with the way they've booked other big guys. um uh, that's for a shot at them. I don't, yeah. I don't know what the – But uh, yeah, like it's it's WWE's doing big things. Like I said, I, I mean, we we talked about Punk even before going back to AEW. I was like, yeah, I think it's just the right amount of money and Vince not being there. That's kind of what we've thought in the past. Because like even going back to what Vince said, bringing back in Stone Cold after Stone Cold left him high and dry and said a bunch of negative stuff. It's like business is business uh punk kind of said it best at the very end of that show kind of mouthed it into the camera i'm here to make money not fucking friends so it's whatever uh it, sucks for AEW. it sucks that it, they couldn't work out well one it sucks that phil got hurt twice uh which did not help AEW that much um but i will say as far as it goes like i know a lot of fans are like this is a huge loss for AEW. With Punk being there, the ratings did not move that much. So it's, to me, it has more to do, like, this is a bigger storyline because it's Phil coming back to a, the depth. It's like if he was Luke Skywalker and joined the dark side again or something after the way he talked about it in that podcast. And then you had the lawsuit, like this one seems a little more baffling. I mean, the huge pop, probably the biggest pop we've heard in a couple of years. I would think as soon as that music hit and granted it was in Chicago, but I think that you're going to continue to see that it's interesting to see him back. Still not a CM Punk fan. So anyone out there listening to this, still not a CM Punk fan, regardless of where he wrestles at. Um, But smart move by WWE. Give the guy a limited schedule, let him pick who he wants to work with. I'm sure Phil will be perfectly happy. The outcome of why he left WWE and all of that stuff was they had him working with people that couldn't fucking really wrestle, he was injured, they didn't give him time off. You know, that's a whole different set of circumstances than what was going on in AEW. And he's definitely not going to go there and start producing shows and trying to mentor talent because shit, like how do you mentor people in the WWE, I guess at this point, especially the top guys? Most of these guys are almost the same age as Punk and wrestled in Ring of Honor. (laughs) So I don't know what he's really going to tell him.
1: Yeah, if anything, I think that that's what he wants is probably not having to deal with that. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, I think the fun stuff about it is a feud you can potentially have. You know, right now we're kind of looking at, I think a lot of us are looking at the whole Seth Rollins thing. I obviously think it's a work. Um, I think that this could potentially lead to them night one for the championship. And uh, that would be uh, that would be a lot of fun. Although there is something, and, and the fact that I hope we have some type of, I don't know, interaction with the two of them next week. CM Punk's going to be on the Tribute to the Troops show uh, that's on next SmackDown. So if he's there, I would love for him to interact with his old advocate. Just throw that, I don't know, that possibility in there. Even if you don't want to do it, just kind of like have the two of them interact. That would be very interesting. But besides that, I I don't know if it has any legs to it, but there's a rumor that potentially it could be Austin and Punk uh, if they don't try to give him a championship match. I know that I'm sure that CM Punk wants a main event at WrestleMania. And, and you know, that's, that's big, his big thing. Um, but, I mean, if you get an option to be able to do that as well, I think you can wait another fucking year. Um, uh, I, and I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but we've heard those rumblings and rumors. So, just very interesting stuff. One of the things, uh, position back to you, a lot of fans were, were mad And I'm sure a lot of them were WWE fans, and a lot of AEW fans were getting defensive before anything happened because everyone expected Phil, CM Punk, to go off on AEW. And I didn't even perceive it like that until I saw the stuff afterwards just because, to me, first of all, that's legal shit that could get fucking stuff involved. And, yeah, even though AEW takes shots, you know, and, and, and WWE has a couple times as well, before in the past, it's not a situation like the stuff going on with AEW and punk, but either way, why the, the two things you have to realize with WWE, they don't want to even acknowledge AEW. And with punk, I think I actually was happy. He didn't say shit. He just talked about stuff. He actually said he was happy. He put on this front, became this big hero and did what he usually does. And shows that that fucking douchey side to him. The last comment that you said off the fucking microphone after he talked to the people and, and said all this stuff about him talking to people backstage and getting kisses and shit. He's not there to make friends. He's there to make money. So I'm sure that was supposed to rival the Seth Rollins concept and put a little bit more in there. But uh Hey, it had people talking, but I don't know why people were expecting a toxic ass or wanting a toxic ass fucking shoot about AEW, but what are you going to do? Love wrestling fans, especially the younger ones. It doesn't
0: make any sense for WWE to talk about AEW. I mean, it, does, I mean, it doesn't. What's that going to do? Pop a rating for one night? Like they, they don't have to care. I kind of assumed that that was what we're going to get. Uh you know, the the out of the punk promo. AEW is different. They're the little underdog. So if he wants to go there and talk about WWE, you know, they're taking a shot at the big mean corporation makes more sense for what they do all the time on that product. But for WWE, like AEW exists. (laughs) They're aware of it, but that's not their, their week to week thing. Their thing is setting up Seth versus punk. And that's what they did. So Uh, I think that they're going to do Seth versus Punk at one of the main events at Mania. That seems to be where it's going to go because I'm assuming that Cody is going to win the Rumble to challenge Roman. That's been the plan. I think they'll stick to that plan and sprinkle in the CM Punk versus Seth stuff and whatever else they want to do. They got like
2: all the momentum right now and a lot of good storylines As yes. intriguing,
1: obviously Seth and I, I that's what I think's gonna happen. That's what you think's gonna happen. A lot of people do. Seth and Punk's probably gonna happen. And as intriguing as the rumor innuendo of Austin hustle being punk, but I actually said, You have Cena on this whole entire fucking downfall. And he's kind of trying to like have his last run. He's been doing stuff lately, but he wants to come back in and finish it up. And Would
2: anyone want to see one last John Cena-CM Punk match at WrestleMania? Do you do it at Rumble? You could do it at Rumble. You definitely could. Actually, that would be a great fucking
1: place to do it.
0: Just because Punk's back doesn't mean he's entering the Royal Rumble. He could just have a match with Cena. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you could do it there. You could also do it, you know, you got two nights. Two nights of WrestleMania. So there's there's a ton of things they can do. Like I said, WWE's positioned themselves very well. I'm not surprised that Punk is back. This That made the perfect time to do it. When Triple H came out, and he was like, oh, I'd fucking love for him to be here. Or no, HBK came out and said that, and then Triple H kind of dialed it back. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't think so. I was like, yeah, he's coming. It was much like with the Hardy stuff. I was like, yeah, he's going to be there. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Like it's Yeah, just, no kidding. I mean,
0: it would just be dumb for them not to try to do that. Uh, And like I said, uh, hopefully this works out for Punk. I would like for him to have one good last run, even though I'm not a big Punk fan. But it would be nice to see him have like one nice run, go off in the sunset so that you can remember like the positive stuff about Punk, some of the pipe bomb promo, that beginning of that title run. All the work he did in Ring of Honor, like it would be good to get away from all of the Punk bullshit we've talked about for like the past however long we've been doing this show. Eight years? Almost at this point, <laughs> it would be nice to have
2: some just a positive outlook on the last part of CM Punk's career. And I agree with you. I do. All right. I'm trying to think before we get out of here stuff that happened on Raw. We kind of talked about the CM Punk promo at the end, so I don't have to go over
1: that. But uh, Randy Orton's back. I think we can talk about both situations. He comes out, has a great promo, you know, with the audience. Um, we have just—they're—they're they're happy that Randy's back, and i i am glad that he uh, received that adulation. But we have um, Rhea Ripley came out by herself, uh, Dominic Mysterio, and uh, J.D. McDonough, or uh, what the hell's his new name? I always, I always do this. I hate people changing their names. Uh, the other guy that's smaller. Anyways, they go after him, but Jay Uso comes out and and uh, helps him out, and um, we have this whole setup. But the whole thing with Randy, love seeing him come out. Love seeing his interaction with the audience. Love that. And, uh, and they even stated this because I looked it up when they did the drafts that he was a free agent so that's the case you know he's on raw and when he was on smackdown last night and pretty much the biggest storyline throughout it was he was trying he was getting courted by both um uh, adam pierce for raw and by nick aldis for smackdown and you know we we have this concept of of not knowing what randy wants to do and basically paul Heyman who is a little bit threatened by Randy Orton, especially since the fact that the bloodline put him on the shelf, uh, essentially in storyline. Um, he, They're worried about, you know, what he's going to do and trying to convince him to stay on Raw and re-sign with him. And then it's reminded to him that this motherfucker, you know, did all this, basically and you should be trying to go for Roman and he thought about it and he chucked the contract for raw over at Pierce and signed on for Nick Aldis um, giving an RKO shortly afterwards to uh, Jimmy Uso and then after that when Nick Aldis raised his arm gave a RKO to Nick Aldis very interesting um hey if we want to do something somewhat where Nick Aldis he already seems kind of slimy compared to, uh, to Pierce a bit. You know, he kind of has that Nick, Nick Bockwinkle kind of arrogance to him. Um, but if we get this thing where he's kind of heel, uh, guy in charge, and Randy's going to be the one that he has to deal with, that's very interesting, especially if we potentially get Nick Alvis back in the ring. So thinking about that too, but how do you like this whole Randy Orton thing? He, he picks SmackDown, he is going and gunning for Roman Reigns now. And he also decided to RKO the general commissioner for that show, Nick Aldis.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. For Booking-wise, it makes a lot of sense because they don't necessarily know what they're going to do with Randy yet, right? Um, the whole Nick Aldis, Adam Pierce storyline, is that like setting up a match between those two? Like what are they – what are they doing with that? Um, w- with Randy, I'm assuming they want him both on Raw and SmackDown as often as possible because they're still trying to get that Raw TV deal done.
2: So the more star power they have there, probably the better. And it really, yeah. it really doesn't matter because, like, the, like I said, the
0: storyline is still going to be Roman versus Cody. So wherever you put... You just need to put uh, Randy wherever he's going to be able to, ha- like, have a meaningful feud, which, you know,
2: may be against Judgment Day, I would think, for all. What if, during the World Rumble, even though they're positioned as friends,
1: Cody, who a lot of people, including myself, expect to win, causes Randy Orton by eliminating him on accident? Um, or maybe he does it on purpose you know, causing him to be able to get back at Roman. Then you could set up for Randy being the first person after he wins the title from Roman to feud with Cody
2: post-WrestleMania.
0: I think that works. I think that's a great, great storyline. Makes a lot of sense with their history as well. You know, they weren't always friends. So there's a lot you could draw
2: from there. I I think that's a great idea. Yeah, definitely. I like that one myself. I appreciate it. But other than that, what else happened on Raw? Um,
1: I know that we had that big old tag team turmoil match. Uh, But Cree Brothers end up winning. But I I don't know. Cree Brothers being DIY, I wish they were kind of getting a little bit higher, but, you know, I don't, even though there's a lot of tag teams and they're trying, it is the tag division, so why do I give a shit? But Creed Brothers um, eliminated Imperium. They will get their um, shot at the titles against uh, Judgment Day. So, there you go. Ivar and Bronson Reed, man. Two big men slapping me. And uh, you know, they they have a lot of Haas women. They got a lot of Haas men on Raw. Between the two of them, you know, Ivar, Bronson, and then Otis, and then, you know, Gunther, even, if you will. it's There's some uh, there's some big dudes on the show, Chris. Yeah, they still have some big dudes that aren't
0: weekly on the show, as in, like, Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. and <laughs>
2: WWE has some big boys. Uh an omas. Omas.
0: What happened to Omas?
2: Where's he? Uh, no locked in the closet. <laughs>
0: He's back at Shane McMahon's fight club or whatever. <laughs> That's still going. Still got that going on. Um no, all, all kidding aside. Yeah, uh some good
2: shit. Um I wish that they would maybe do a little more with uh Jonah. But that's nitpicking. They have a lot of stuff going on right now. Yeah, they definitely do. All right. Nia Jax
1: and uh, Zoe Starks had a match and I won. I'm just trying to go through this and see if stuff is talking about Randy yeah, destroyed was, Dominic
2: Mysterio.
0: That Nia match was awful, by the way.
2: Um one, it was really short, and two, like, Zoe Starks just came
0: after, like, a, a hard-fault battle with, with uh, Rhea, and the commentary didn't really sell that as the reason she was getting dominated as hard as she was, so I don't know what the hell they're doing with that. I'm still convinced that Nia Jax is only, was only brought back in because it had something to do with the Rocket Mania. Yeah,
2: um, that definitely could be it.
1: Not going to lie, I've heard that rumor, and it's not like it doesn't make any sense or come from anywhere. So, That was pretty much all the stuff that happened on Raw. Let's see if there's anything else left on SmackDown
2: to talk about before we get out of here. I think we basically talked about everything. Um,
1: I like the fact that Butch, it it looks like what I'm assuming is happening with Butch having problems with... uh, the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. He caused a loss for his his team the week before. Ridge Holland got mad at him, but it seems like what I'm assuming is he had a fun match with Bobby Lashley, and he showed a lot of uh, you know his old Pete Dunne flavor to him, and that um, that that feistiness and technical abilities also that he has, but. I guess maybe Sheamus is coming back and him and Ridge. They're going to have like a confrontation three on three with the brawling brutes against Lashley and the profits. That'll be cool. I hope what happens essentially is that it's broken up. Like I like the brawling brutes. It was fun. I think Ridge could position himself better as a heel right now. Um, and maybe potentially Sheamus can go either way, but I'd like to see Pete Dunn, Maybe not Butch anymore. Um, used and i appreciate it because it seems like what hunter's been doing is a lot of guys that you know were abysmal he's kind of starting to try to like put some stuff into you to bring up just a bit so i'm glad that he's been focusing a little bit on pete Dunne uh because you know he was he was one of my favorites a couple of years back in nxt i know he's, he was also years chris Yeah, he
0: definitely was one of the standout stars in NXT and then coming to the main roster. Not that he's been bad or anything. I think he's had some good matches and they put him in some good situations. And uh, when he is in a match, you don't have to worry about the match being bad. But it would be fun to see him uh, go on a little bit of a run. I, I don't know how you make that happen. Maybe it's that he goes back to NXT for a little bit and then comes back to the main roster. I'm not as against that as I used to be because I think it's been working wonders for like someone like Baron Corbin, right? Like uh, the few times yep. they sent off down there. I think that there's a way to do that and make that work. So hopefully they're still working on trying to figure that out. I want him to drop the Butch name once he's fucking done with his group. <laughs> and go back too. to Pete Dunn, but I don't know that that's going to be uh, plausible for WWE and, and the way they like to handle business,
2: but. That would be great. There's a ton of good matches I would love to see him in. Um, Whether it's on
0: NXT, like I want to see him in Carmella Hayes, I think that would be really fun. Um, Or on the main roster, there's a ton of people I'd like to see him wrestle there as well, especially in singles competition.
1: Yeah, let's hope that that's the uh, direction that Hunter is going in. The big thing that I can think of other than um other than that is that they're having some type of I try to find the information, but it's a number one contender match and it's a tournament and there's eight men in it um, that Logan Paul came out and announced. Uh, and so the tournament, the winner, like I said, will go against Logan Paul for the US title. Um I'm assuming at Royal Rumble, maybe it's for something ahead of time. Remember the next pay-per-view is not until the end of January, so we have a good while. Um, so this might be on a Raw or whatever. But it's Kevin Owens, Logan Paul – oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Kevin Owens, uh, Grayson Waller, Austin Theory. Uh, there is going to be, like, some type of four-way match on NXT, and the, the person that wins that will be one of the guys involved in the tournament. There was a couple others. All of them were, were good wrestlers. So Kevin Owens comes out and confronts Logan Paul and basically sen- essentially says that he's going to win this and he's going to kick the shit out of them. And that proceeded with Grayson Waller and Theory coming out, causes some shit, you know, impromptu match. We have Logan, who actually did a really good job on commentary last night, um, while Kevin Owens beat the living shit out of Grayson Waller, ended up getting a win. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's set up. For, I think it's going to be Kevin Owens. I think it's kind of, I forgot everyone that was was named, but it just seemed like he was probably going to be the person to win that. So I think that will be a fun feud if we have Logan Paul and uh, Kevin Owens for the U.S. belt.
0: Yeah, it'll be great because that's, that's paying off what happened when Logan Paul initially came in because Kevin Owens was not a big fan of that. I think he even gave him a stunner, so it'd be fun to see that actually pay off. I like that they're kind of going. You back mentioned to. that <laughs> going back to that, you know. I I like when you tie stuff back into shit that happened on your show. That's fun. <laughs> Please continue to do that WWE. Um so yeah, yeah, I I kind of agree with you. I mean, it you got to have something for Kevin to do at Mania. You got to have something for Logan Paul to do at Mania. Could probably kick that can down the road till then.
1: And the uh, the people, the participants in this, it's Kevin Owens, Santos Escobar, Dragon Lee. Uh, like I said, a mystery NXT uh, superstar that will be positioned from a match at NXT. Winner of that will be that person. Austin Theory, Grayson Waller, Karrion Cross, and Bobby Lashley. So, like I said, I think Kevin Owens is going to win this. I think uh, Escobar is going to get fucked over from maybe Carlito. Because he's my second choice. But I don't see... Maybe the NXT person? I don't see them using Ilya Dragunov. Maybe if it's Carmelo Hayes? Possibly? I don't know. Braun Breaker, maybe. maybe? Oh! Oh, you got that! Braun Breaker and Logan Paul? That would be fucking fun. Yeah, I mean... Those are two be, personalities.
0: That would be good. a good way to... Give Braun Breaker some meaningful wins in the tournament, give him a title, and then send him on his way. Like, you know, not send him on his way, like fire him, but send him, you know, on whatever run you're going to put him on. Because they've kind of been waiting for a while to bring him up to try to start like a new Braun Breaker streak. So maybe they go that route. I don't think it's going to hurt Kevin Owens regardless. I assume that he's going to be in the finals against whoever, and either he's going to win it or they're going to do something with whoever they bring up from NXT, which, you know, you, there's worst ideas you could
1: have yeah absolutely it's just like you said man uh, and that's pretty much it guys uh for all the wrestling talk but just the uh the depth of the roster for each of the title you know for the men's division for the women's division for the tippity top uh for the, for nxt they're they're uh their, essentially their farm league you know i mean it's ridiculous all the talent going on and then Potentially, with these names that we said, you know, we don't exactly, even though that me and you probably lean towards MJF staying in AW, we don't know that 100%. He's on the fucking market next year. Um, I'm pretty sure I read Malachi at the end of next year is going to be on the market. Um, Then you have Hammerstone out of a contract. You have Camille. Um, We don't. There was all the rumors that Mercedes, Monet, Sasha Banks, and, and Triple H have talked and whatnot, so I, you know, there was a rumor, she's going to AEW, there's also those things out there, it's just, with WWE, I don't think Triple H is fucking around, I'll end my conversation with pro wrestling, and enhance you, with saying that Paul, you know, when he was talking on the on the, um, the fucking press conference after Survivor Series, he just kind of, like, said, like, you know, the, the audience wants Phil, like, you know, this is, it might it might seem like we both said that hell froze on Earth, but the audience wants him, and, you know, he's he's a big name, and, like, he starts listing stuff, and Jim Cornette was going over it, and he just started laughing while they were, you know, uh, listening to it, him and Brian last, and Brian's like, well, what are you laughing about? And he goes, because you can just tell in his voice, he's like, I hate this motherfucker, but I can make some goddamn money with him. <laughs> And at the end of it, you, there is a little bit of that still there, I'm sure, with Hunter, but at the same time, it's like, well, what are you going to fucking do, man? I mean, there's money to be made, and at, at the end of the day, that's, I guess, the, the, the bottom line, Chris, you know? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't work for a family-owned company anymore. He's
0: nope. Got make, he's got to make fucking Endeavor happy <laughs> at some point. Things have changed in the landscape of WWE. So I was not surprised at all, like I said, that Punk is there and that they utilized him on that Chicago show. And um, it's man, we're strapping. We're in for interesting next six months. Wrestling. Got some cool shit happening in Japan too. Daniel Bryan's supposed to be here. Brian Danielson's supposed to be having a match with Okada at Wrestle Kingdom, which uh yep. has kind of been forgotten about. <laughs> but that's something I've been looking forward to for a long fucking time. So look forward to that. We've got Will Ospreay going to AEW. We've got Punk back in WWE. It's it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Alex Shelley still your Impact Heavyweight
1: Champion. He's fucking killing over there. He's <laughs> just
0: killing it. Uh, great time to be a wrestling fan. I mean, if you if you're a Punk fan, um, and you're you know, maybe you're also an AEW fan or whatever. I think that you should be excited about this Punk run. I think it might, I think it might surprise us all, honestly. Um, but we will see. Time will tell. The only other thing uh, I got, we didn't get to cover it. This Brian Danielson, like part of the group that fought, decided to fire CM Punk, is that just like. Is that much ado about nothing? Because Punk was probably going to get fired regardless.
1: Like I don't. Yeah, and like, I mean, the thing about that is, obviously, it, it's been pretty well known that Brian Danielson has kind of put his position in the company probably for a while now, um, but definitely now, especially with Punk being gone and G.T. Marshall being gone and shit like that. Um, so if he was a part of this committee, it makes sense. He's probably got office duties, essentially. And if he would, I mean, it's based on what he saw. I I wouldn't blame him if he... If he did, you know, say no. It's probably a popular vote, too, by a lot of people. But then again, we're hearing from several other people that they did not have problems with Punk. So, I don't know. It's fucking... Fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, it's just, like, a weird thing. I a lot of people are trying to pin... I I don't know. It seems like there are a lot of fans that are now mad at Brian Danielson because punk got fired. And it's not like they just said, Hey, Danielson, yay or nay. And he gave a thumbs up, thumbs down. And that was the end all. There was a lot that built up to that. And I'm sure that there was like, you know, 30 people in a legal team in that room. And he happened to just be the guy or whatever, kind of like a hangman juror juror of, you know, producing that out. But I mean, when it, what it really comes down to is, you know, Tony Khan's the one who, at the end of the day, terminates the fucking contract. And, uh, exactly. So, uh, it, it, he, he's the one that came out and said that he felt afraid for his life, in his quotes. So, I mean, I just, just putting this out there, maybe don't shit on Brian Danielson. He seems like a good dude. I doubt that this was anything malicious or that he thought Punk was, like, taking his spot or something. Which is kind of how it seems the internet has reacted to this. Uh, And I think that's like a weird-ass take for everything that happened with CM Punk and AEW regardless. Like I said, I think both – I think they could have fired him after the first thing, right? (laughs) And then the other stuff that cropped up, I thought it was weird that they fired him. But I also thought they should have fired Jungle Boy if you're going to go that route. Um, But yeah, it's – It's It's one of those – it's one of those things where I don't think that really has that much to do with Brian Danielson. So, you know, stop, stop bagging on him. People out there are bagging on him. And look forward to that. Yeah. Because it's going to be fucking great.
1: Oh, yeah. That's going to be incredible. Absolutely. But that's it. That's our show. Glad you guys uh, liked it because I know you did. If you've hear, you heard this, <laughs> you've obviously, you know, stuck around until the end. So you liked it. Fucking a minute. Anyways, Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people. Plug what you got to plug, do whatever you got to do.
0: Goodbye, all the lovely people out there. You can hit me at, at ChrisR.Patton on the X and Christopher.R.Patton on Facebook and Instagram.
1: Find me at DaneAls42 on Twitter, X, whatever the fuck, and Facebook, danealves. Just uh, search me, message me. Let's talk about some wrestling. Thank you guys once again for listening. We are on all major downloadable platforms. Just Google search Wrestling Geeks Alliance, find which one works for you, and subscribe. Give us a five-star review. We really would appreciate it. Uh, We do this show pretty much the weeks after all the major events uh, for AEW and uh, WWE. So keep on listening. Enjoy your day, night, whatever you're doing. Peace out, and let the Wrestling Geeks Alliance be with you. Nanu, nanu.